Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Florida Republicans have officially voted to strip Disney of their special governing status. And we saw today their stock dip by a little bit, but it's not about that little bit. It's about getting woke and going broke in the, in the early, uh, uh, in the first quarter of this year, they're down, I think 15%. Netflix is down 37%. And I do attribute that to wokeness. Now, of course, the media is trying to say they're losing subscribers. That's why it's happening. And it's all because of competition. Yeah. But they've also lost conservatives, libertarians, anti-woke people. And that adds up. So they're down, I think, 200,000 subscribers. They're blaming password sharing. But I have to be honest, the people who are password sharing probably wouldn't buy Netflix. They'd just be like, eh, some might. I bet a lot won't. We'll see if they can recover from this. But uh, we have a lot to go through as well because um, we have this. We have Jen Psaki, who is now crying on, on a podcast about Florida's parental rights and education bill. <laughs> and then while that's happening, interestingly, McDonald's has a former, I think it's the former, a former CEO who is trying to purge wokeness from the company. Tesla, of course, is doing better than ever. Their sales are skyrocketing. And Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter, all of that good, crazy stuff. So we'll get into that. Plus, we'll probably talk a little bit about that doxing story with uh, Taylor Lorenz and dive into those stories. Joining us today to talk about all of this stuff is Tom Fitton. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and lady. Thanks you want to introduce, uh, introduce yourself? <laughs> I'm uh, Tom Fitton. I'm president of Judicial Watch, which is the number one government watchdog group in the country, if not the world, given mm. the impact we have on figuring out what the corrupt politicians here or there in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere are up to. And we're confronting wherever we can and expose what's happening. Right on. We've got Seamus. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. It was a great conversation last time. Thank and you. Uh, I'm Seamus Coughlin. I am a cartoonist. I am the creator of Freedom Tunes. If you guys want to go check that out, we released a video yesterday on the Democratic Party's wonderful strategy of uh, promoting grooming um, and or opposing anti-grooming laws. <laughs> and we're going to be releasing a cartoon tomorrow about the the requirement for masks being removed we're, by the government. So I don't want to spoil your, uh, mm -hmm. your show, but I want to tell people what you were just doing. I really want to. Oh, my we're, gosh. We're, all right. Let I, me, I had to record some right, audio. Let Perhaps let, let we just, tell let, them tomorrow after it's released. Be like, I got the inside scoop on what just happened because it was funny. All right, it was all right. Because I don't want I don't want to spoil the joke. <laughs> really so good. maybe we tomorrow we can give a little sneak peek, yes. a little audio Ooh, sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Happy 420, everybody! I just Ooh. looked up what's 420 code term that refers to the consumption of cannabis. I still don't know <laughs> exactly yeah. why or where, but I'm going to look into it. Uh, great to see you. And maybe we can talk about later in the show corruption and the value of corruption because I think in a, in a system that's too ordered, there's no room for growth. It, mm. it, it, especially an authoritarianly ordered system, you need what they would consider corruption to break out of it. But we'll go into that later. Oh, oh man, that's that, it depends that's on the deep. definition of corruption, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we will have to get into that for sure. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this evening. I was going to say 420 sounds like a police code, which would be interesting if people are being arrested for smoking marijuana. Hopefully that's Isn't not the case that in your state. Isn't that a 311 or is that Chicago know. thing? Oh, that's possible. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Head over to TimCast.com. 
and support our journalists. We've, we've got people working every day, breaking news stories, you know, reaching out to sources to get you accurate information. As a member at TimCast.com, you're helping that keep going. And that's the mission. We're also working on building culture. Like we've got a kids show that's going to be based on Chicken City family content because we want to bring people towards our sphere of influence, which is to convince them about personal responsibility, liberty, all of that good stuff. That's our mission. You support it as a member and you'll get access to exclusive episodes of this podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. They're usually around a half an hour long and we would appreciate your support. But don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends wherever you can. That's also powerful. And let's read this first story from TimCast.com. Breaking. Florida Senate passes legislation ending Disney's tax privilege, self-governing power, and special exemption status. So Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is like, they could have, they can just build a nuclear power plant on their own. Like, they're able to do certain things that nobody else is able to do. So I think they're right to be looking at this and reevaluating it. I want to say the most important element of this story is that Disney decided to get woke. They thought they could push the, the, push all of us around and say, you know what? The activist employees are complaining about wokeness. Let's just give them what they want. Well, now they are seeing that you reap what you sow. You want to come out and you, and you think that you can just adopt ideology. Say you will be political. Disney was outright like, we're going to defeat this bill. Florida said, okay, you want to get political? We'll take away your special status. Now we're seeing, as of today, their stock has dropped by 5.56%. On top of that, their stock was already hurting this year. It's good to see real economic consequences, right? Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences, right, Disney? Hmm. I want to see more companies who want to act a fool and play dirty games see actual accountability. My thoughts were... Yes, you break up that big corporate, you know, monopoly, break it up. That's why we have antitrust laws. That's why we have a government in places to protect us from these insidious things like corporate people, whatever. But Tom, when you came in here, you made a great point that how far is this going to go? How much authority should a government have to stop the the private sector? Well, you know, look, Disney is uh, the leadership of Disney is abusing shareholder dollars by uh, spending them improperly to target or promote talking uh, about sexual activities with mm. young school children. And uh, if you're a shareholder, you're, you ought to be saying, why aren't you producing more and better product I, and I, increasing shareholder value? Yeah. Should, Go ahead. Just real quick, I mean, on that point, should the shareholders sue for a vi- violation of, their, of the company's fiduciary duty? Well, I ain't no lawyer, but uh, the people have been sued for less, that's for sure, in terms of stock stock fights and things like that and shareholder uh, lawsuits. Uh, but secondly, though, you've got this uh, special uh, position that Disney has in Florida. It's been around since 1967, and they're talking about taking away some governance that benefits Disney corporate-wise and arguably the state. And so the concern I have is, is this being considered for uh, reasons that are neutrally applied, meaning it's a bad idea to provide corporations these special uh, tax incentives and such, or is it a political payback? And if it's the second one, the danger is that, look, the left almost always controls the levers of power. So if the new standard is that if corporations break free and you know start engaged in politics the way Disney has, either on the left or the right, is it going to be a free-for-all in terms of punishing corporations through government action 
let's say in California, they go after a defense contractor, or in New York, they go after a gun manufacturer. Uh, and, uh, well, in fact, that's actually what's happening. Yeah, they're already, right. so no, no, they're already I, talking I, about doing that without any of this being. Right. It's already happening. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's been consistently people who oppose the cult wokeness fringe ideology who have been getting attacked. What's yeah. happening this in is the, New York? Like, what, this is like the first time Republicans are like, okay, you know what? We're not going to tolerate you getting into this. And, mm-hmm. and, and to be clear, I'm not saying I oppose what Florida did. Mm-hmm. I'm just highlighting well, let's let's be aware of uh, what's happening out there in the culture, and that corporations, when they engage in politics, uh, there's going to be payback uh, now and again. And you know, Florida is making a policy decision. They got this major corporation that's decided to take the benefits they're getting from the public and target school children. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reaction you're going to get from the elected representatives of the public. Well, you're not going to use to sell you these special benefits anymore uh, on behalf of an agenda that we didn't sign up for when we gave them to you to begin with. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as, uh, as, as you, as you might be making it seem, whether it's intention or not. This is Disney who has no business in education policy Mm. deciding to come out because a, a fringe faction of activists at their company complained. They ignore the, the activists at the company who are like, we don't want to be involved in this. If a gun company in New York said, we're going to lobby for gun rights, I'd be like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. If Disney said, we're going to lobby for entertainment rights and special privileges, I'd be like, okay, well, that makes sense. If a gun manufacturer came came out and said, we're going to start dumping money into getting religion put in schools, I'd be like, they shouldn't be doing that. If they started, you know, if they said, our mission is to defeat this, I'd be like, you're a gun company. What are you doing? Disney's doing that, doing exactly that. They have no business. They're doing it for PR reasons. Well, if they want to be involved in politics as a political organization, they got to play by the rules, and this is what happens. I'll tell you what, man. Disney has been attempting to educate kids since the inception of the company. They made cartoons for little kids, and they put subliminal ideas like the develop. You see all sorts of crazy occult stuff in it um, if you really look for it, and there's tons of uh, YouTube videos about a conspiracy or whatever. But that's the basic indoctrination of children is cartoons on TV, and that's Disney's specialty. So I'm not... Really, even so, I mean, Walt was a great man, but when he died, so in my opinion, so did that company, man. It's no longer, they should have to change the name or something. Well, That's abusive. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We'll read through some of these super chats, but someone did mention just now the buildings probably aren't up to code. Hmm. So if if Disney, it's Disney World, I think, right? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, in Florida. If yes. they're under a special governing status, I'm willing to bet they do not conform to Florida building code, which means now that they lose this status... Yo, they're gonna get shut down. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? They're, this. Hey, you want to bring Disney to heel? This is how you do it. And when you see, and to Ian's point, uh, I think it was Christopher Rufo who disclosed these Zoom meetings with Disney producers and executives and creators, talking about pushing their agenda, this radical uh, sexual identity agenda, in the cartoons and in the yep. content targeting at children. So. For all of the caution, let's be clear here. Disney is engaged by their own admission in pushing propaganda on young children that parents would reject 
and taxpayers want no part of in Florida. That's what's clear. This wouldn't be happening if the politicians didn't think our voters don't, you know, want this. And right. certainly Disney has their every right, and they've got all the money in the world to persuade uh, the voters otherwise to keep their special benefits. But it's a hard argument to make. Yeah. Um, so Disney is not a company that I happen to be a fan of, Ian. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I agree with what you're saying now. They essentially want to use their platform to, to push and normalize perverse sexual lifestyle choices onto children. On top of that, they have sex abuse uh, scandals. We know that they have hired people who were convicted of child sex abuse in the past on the Disney Channel specifically. So not oh, a good yeah. company. I'm, yes. iCarly? Was that what it was? I'm not so. Oh, there, there's. Talk so about that, but <laughs> there's talk about that, but I'm referring specifically to Brian Peck, um, who was uh, convicted, and then later, after he served, uh, hired by Disney to consult over the phone because he wasn't allowed to actually huh. be in the presence of children. Right, right. Wow. And then there was also there's just, if you just look at these memes, every few months they arrest child traffickers at yep. Disney. Well, I mean, of course these people are going to want to work there, right? They want to get access to kids, and Disney apparently doesn't do enough screening to stop them, or they're not paying attention to the trafficking that's occurring under their noses. And, you know, we're all concerned about critical race theory in the schools, but at least there's like political accountability there in theory. So everything you're concerned about in the schools is already happening on the Disney Channel, yep. uh, Nickelodeon, and it's all targeted very young children. Uh, the far left is taking control of children's programming, and it isn't just uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, teaching kids how to read. It's social, cultural transformation uh, on television, and Disney's now being kind of forced to admit it uh, because, you know, they're, they're in the business of teaching their kids, teaching your kids values that are very different than the parents expect from the content. And if I... Well, I am a parent, but we don't we, we don't watch those Disney shows anymore. But I would not allow any of this children's program to be seen by my children until I had seen it first. Don't give your kids cell phones. Mm. Yeah, homeschool That's your kids. Yeah, so really. I, I'll only I defer to the big tech CEOs, these 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 executives who don't give their kids cell phones. Why is it that the people who work at you know the big social media companies are like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to let my kid have a phone because they know, know what's on these websites? Have you noticed like this weird psycho social psychosis of the last decade has really coincided with the proliferation of these devices too? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Streaming so, so internet it's, video. It's, it's simple. When someone's in a cult, to get them out of the cult, you have to separate them from cult members and deprogram them. But with the existing woke cult, it's right there in the palm of their hands. Every every time someone says something you know, hey, this isn't true. You need to get away from this. They retreat back to their fantasy world. And the most vulnerable is the children. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you right now what's, what's one of the most infuriating things, because I, I can't stand the media lying, is the Taylor Lorenz story where Washington Post, uh, and I'll show a clarification for things I was saying yesterday and things I said today, because I, I want to make sure I get all the facts correct. In the original Washington Post article that doxed the creator of Libs of TikTok, they linked to a, a real estate license, which included a private home address, it was a commercial residential mixed property listed as a business address, but also, according to public records, a, a pr private residential address for the creator of the libs of TikTok. And they also explained, they didn't link to, they explained how to get the, their, their private phone number. So they said, you know, the phone record is found here associated with this domain, which took me two three, seconds to just Google and then three seconds to do a DNS. Look so I'm not, but, but I want to be careful with my language. They didn't link to the number. They just told you, 
gave you the, the instructions, the name you needed to look for with the thing to find it. And so uh, this one's really frustrating because I'm seeing many prominent left-wing personalities just go, they never linked to any private details. Huh. I'm seeing the Washington Post say, we never linked to private details. And I'm like, yo, these people are in a cult. Well, some of them are saying they never linked to private details. And some of them are saying that it's good that they linked to private details. Yeah, so which I'm is seeing it? both takes. Well, now the, 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 the door has been opened on that one. And, you know, this guy responded to me and he's like, Tim, your followers have been doing this for years. And I'm like, I don't think you watch my show. I don't think you know who our followers are. Like, we, we, we don't, we don't have that kind of audience. You can't control your followers. You can but, only but give them advice is, and guidance, but it's, everyone has is, to make their own choice. We don't have followers who do that stuff. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple people here and there yeah. watch the show, but we are not on these platforms where we're engaging in overt activism. In fact, you know, I told the guy, I think doxing the name of Libs of TikTok was wrong. And he's like, you mean to tell me that if you got the name of some Antifa account, you wouldn't publish the name? And I was like, yes, I would not. Probably How many not. times have you guys heard me say, I won't say their name? Yeah. I say it all the time. Minimize harm. I even, yeah. I even sometimes refuse to say Jenk Uger's name when huh. the story is about the Young it's Turks. True. Yeah. Because I'm trying to avoid drama and trying to talk about concepts and, and, and philosophy. These people, they don't, I, I feel like their goal is specifically to keep people in the dark for political power. They are evil. When the Washington Post came out and said, we never did that. And you can pull up the archive and just see that they did. I'm like, these people are downright evil. So are they lying? They they put a link to this address. Is that different than posting they the said, address? No, they said we did not link to it. Okay. Outright lies. Total lies. I will assert as a statement of fact, the Washington Post linked to the private home address of the creator of Libs of TikTok. It's as if they didn't think they were doing it. So then they said they didn't, but they did. No, yeah, they're, well, just and lying. It, it, they're just lying because they're evil people. Yeah, and even if they didn't know, that's almost worse. And then they deleted it. So obviously they knew. Yep. Mm-hmm. They edited the page. Good point. Yep. You know, I, I think a lot of these media become, uh, you know, they, they sometimes engage in journalism, but places like the Washington Post have just become left-wing advocacy groups mm-hmm. that sometimes create journalism that's yeah. valuable. But, you know, Judicial Watch, you know, we're a nonprofit. We do lots of uh, talking about policy. We educate people. We do journalism. But, you know, it would be hard to argue that we weren't advocating for certain values. And the Washington Post is more activists than any political group group I know in the movements of both the left or the right in terms of pushing forward narratives and agendas. And in the case of Lorenz, it, it, what, uh, or, or, or outing the uh, author of the uh, Libs of TikTok uh, tweet feed, it wasn't it, – it's problematic, obviously, that they uh, exposed her. But more importantly, they lied about the content. And it wasn't, right. it was exposing her to attack and belittle the content and cut off access to it from the public. Are, is a Judicial Watch a 501c3 or a C4? So we're a 501c3, which to those who don't follow the IRS code means we're a charity, meaning you, we can take tax deductible contributions. It also means you can't engage in po- overtly political activity. Uh, it generally means that we can't uh, endorse or oppose candidates. Yeah. And, you know, I can talk about politics, but I can't, uh, you know, say vote for Republicans or Democrats. Can you say who you're going to vote for? I could in my personal capacity, mm-hmm. uh, but I choose not to generally because of the nature of our work, because we end up Let's, suing everyone. I want to give Taylor the benefit <laughs> of the doubt really quick, because it's possible that when she wrote this article, she thought she was linking to the business address, and then no. it went up, and then they were like, we didn't, we didn't, we do it. And then when they realized they did, they pulled it down. No, she's still denying it. And so we're now we're awaiting them to be like, actually, we accidentally, we no, did. No, That is the she, benefit of the doubt, at least. No, Ian, Ian, you can't. 
She didn't. She outright denied it to me but personally. It doesn't matter what she said. They did it. I know they did. Yes. It. She outright denied it to me personally. I did not publish the home address. Then the Washington Post said we didn't link to private information. They are just lying on top of lies because they are not good people. Don't give them the benefit of that when they're lying ex- like overtly. And I'm just I'm flabbergasted by the. It's like imagine being it's, it's that family guy joke. Imagine being in an elevator with one other person who just lets out a big fart, <laughs> looks at you and says, you did it. Gaslight. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm wa- like, dude, I watched you do it. What are you lying Only to benefit of the doubt in that I want to understand why it happened and never attribute to malice what could have been attributed to stupidity. It's a thing I've heard in the past, so maybe. Hanlon's it? razor. I, I mean, if, mean a, not if, if, you know, my, guilty. View, my view on the Post now is if a Post reporter called me up to find out where a court hearing is, I'd say, oh, yeah, it's here. What's the case about? It's about this. But if they're calling me up to talk about conservatives and what's our view on topic A and B, I say, I'm not talking to you. I mean, you're, you're left wing, dishonest advocates, and I'm not going to waste my breath talking and explaining our views to you. What? So you can attack whoever it is you're trying to attack, usually people who are aligned with our values. And I'm not playing their game. I want, I want to make sure everybody understands this. There is no way you can talk to a journalist. You are not smarter than them. They have a plan. They know what they're doing. You will not go on The Daily Show. You will not go on Jim Jeffries. You will not go on John Oliver. You think you're smart. You think if I explain my positions, I'll tell you some of the tricks they do. First of all, when it comes to these comedy news shows, they'll just manipulate what you said because they're allowed to do it because it's a comedy show. But let's say you tell a journalist something explicitly like, I reject and refuse. the. uh, I, I completely reject racism. It is completely wrong, and I I oppose these racist organizations. Instead of quoting you, if they want to get a narrative, they will say, when asked about their racist ties, they became belligerent. Huh. Right. And you'll be like, but I told them I... They don't have to put that in there. They can just say, they became outraged and belligerent. I, I, I believe it was because they were truly racist, and they won't tell the world what you said. I had a guy hit me up from the Daily Beast, and I gave him quotes. He cut out any quote that made me look good. And then here's another trick they do. You think you can give them a good quote, just one solid quote. They might still use it with ellipses. Huh. You'll say something like, that man who came out and said pizza is disgusting, that man was wrong. And they'll put dot, dot, quote, dot, 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 pizza is dis- disgusting, dot, 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 quote. And they'll yeah. say, he, he literally said those words. And when you were like, I was quoting someone else, they'll be like, Did you, you, you can't sue him over it. It's, not, it's a statement of fact that said you said it. And you can be like, yeah, but but I wasn't referring to that way. But you did it. Yeah, it's yeah. This, it's the story I want to mention about this reporter from the Boston Globe who wrote that based stickman. This is back during the Battle of Berkeley several years ago. Was a white nationalist, and I, I messaged him and I was like, I saw you wrote that, and like this guy's got a got a, a, a his wife's like you know Asian mixed race. He's got a mixed race kid. It's like I think you're wrong. And he goes, Is the guy white? I said yes. Is he a nationalist? Yes, he's a white nationalist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, dude, it's you a hard cannot follow. You cannot <laughs> talk to these people." Right. And so we see this all the time happen. Jordan uh, Klepper, I think his name is, he shows up to these rallies, and these people think they can talk to him. And then what he does is he cuts it all up and makes them look insane, and then he puts it on TV. And who's he with? Uh, it's Comedy Central. It's Comedy I, don't, I don't know if he's still doing it. Maybe he's on the Daily yeah. Show now or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But they all do it. Another they, problem with these like live ho- uh, shows with live audiences is unless the host is willing to tell the audience to shut up when they start booing and heckling, the audience will shout you down when you're making a good point, And then the host will be like, mm, if they have an agenda. So you need like an ethical host to, to like 
keep everything ordered. Not John Stewart. That dude's ratings are in the gutter. Yeah, I mean, I used to do politically incorrect back in the day, back when Mar was on ABC, and you know, I'd be the lone conservative typically, huh. and getting booed all the time for the entire half hour. And uh, you know, it's not fun. But, you know, at least you get to say your piece because it's it's hard to edit what you're saying. Right. Those are better. But but uh, I agree with you. Uh, you know, generally talking to the media is a bad idea. I used to talk to reporters at the Daily Beast and I stopped talking to them because I give them a quote and the headline would be conservatives get hysterical about <laughs> X. Yep. So I'm not I'm not playing. I'm not giving you material to attack America with. I'm not doing it anymore. And it's kind of a, it's tricky for, cause you know, Judicial Watch, our goal is to educate people. So I want the word out everywhere. But you know, when it comes to the media, it's been so corrupted, uh, we, we can't play their game anymore. And, and even, even, uh, there are many prominent YouTube personalities, independent, uh, personalities who are progressive or liberal. And it's remarkable how either they are completely incompetent or are just outright lying. And I, I, I'm, I'm confused by this, but I won't give any, I, I don't give these people the benefit, the benefit of the doubt anymore because I, there, there's, there's a few people that I've actually DM'd with. And I'm like, here's the public record. Here's the link to the story. Here's a screen grab showing where you can click it to get the address. We don't need to argue whether it was Libs of TikTok's private home address. Regardless, it was a private contact address for the individual. No, it wasn't. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know what? There's no point in talking to tribalists. No, yeah. I think making your own YouTube videos or internet videos is really the way to go. It's They can attempt to take it out of context, and they can unethically sometimes, kind of. But Let, you get your point across that way. Let's talk about, uh, we got this story from the New York Post. Jen Psaki breaks down while discussing harsh and cruel, cruel LGBTQ legislation. Oh, well, sounds mean. Sounds White, like there's some terrible. mean laws. Yeah. Here we go. There. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki began sobbing during an interview this week as she talked about a spate of bills that critics say are targeting gay and transgender children, claiming that kids are being used as weapons in a political culture war. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zaki was asked during the interview with News Not Noise podcast, about legislation like Florida's so-called don't say gay bill, which prohibits the discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, as well as instruction on those topics and in a place and manner that's not age appropriate. Quote, this is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war, Saki said, as she began audibly weeping. And they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel to a community of kids. I'm going to get emotional about this issue because it's horrible. But it's like kids who are bullied and all these leaders are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states and it's going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous. Sorry, 
This is an issue that makes me completely crazy. Jen Psaki is a sociopath. I don't want completely crazy people in government. Mm. Well, she admitted I'm it. Not going to get into So else. first of all, the New York Post should not be calling it LGBTQ legislation. Mm. New York Post, Mark Moore, you should correct this because the parental rights and education has more to do with parents having access to information about the schools and gender identity and orientation is also about being straight. It's just orientation, which could be straight or not. In which case, it is just legislation on sex ed. And it's not even that. It's the parental rights and education bill. So get that right. Jen Psaki knows this. They, uh, look, we are well past the point where I'm going to assume Jen Psaki doesn't know what, the, about what this bill is. She's crying crocodile tears to manipulate people because liberals are people who, according to Jonathan Haidt's research, are, are more interested in care and fairness, more emotional aspects as opposed to sanctity, purity, authority, loyalty, etc liberty. So when you approach a conservative and they have six moral foundations, there is uh, authority, authority and loyalty. There is sanctity, purity, things like that. And you say dryly and as matter of factly, they're going to say, okay, the left needs to win by making you cry, by crying and begging for care, begging for sympathy. So when Jen starts crying, she wants people to go, oh, Jen, Oh, it's so it's so oh well it's so embarrassing i mean i remember after no but it works freaking north I, it, korea it works with some people it, one thing that i saw after the 2016 election that really struck me was the fact that they were posting pictures of themselves crying mm. and i thought how can you have such little dignity that you think that's a good look i i, I, I would be mortified first of all if, if i cried over an election and i was sitting there bawling my eyes out you can believe i wouldn't be posting pictures of it on the internet the next day as if that was a good look for me as we're talking about it i'm thinking hitler's girlfriend probably cried when he killed himself like yeah crying emotional doesn't mean you're right people get emotional about evil if they're on the side of evil so yeah this girl's them. totally lost it yeah i've watched murderers cry and you in videos of, like they're in a criminal trial and they're crying i i think saki's outsized role in the white house is something worth discussing beyond the points that you're making about her misleading and false statements uh it's almost as if she's presidential. Mm. You know, they issued a statement uh, from Jen Psaki on, I don't know, something had passed just uh, last week or something that they objected to. And it was a statement as if the president had issued it. It was a statement by White House Secretary, Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And I remember thinking, well, this is odd. It sounds presidential. And uh, to me, her outsized role in this administration is further indication of the diminished uh, cognitive abilities of the president of the United States. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. clear. Come on, man. She is running. Yeah, <laughs> come on, boy. She is running the show and in, in certain and certainly uh, beyond uh, any normal press secretary. Donald Trump was Except for Joseph funny. Goebbels. Donald Trump was funny and he talked in a funny way. <laughs> one of the one, you know what I absolutely love about Trump is, is this bit where he will say something outrageous. And then when the press challenges him, he'll be like, well, that's what I was told. <laughs> like, like that, like if that absolves him of being wrong. So it's like, I, I laugh at that. I'm critical of it. Donald Trump will be like, you know, we've got this new medication coming out. And they're like, sir, you know, a, a question, Mr. President, that, that is not correct. You're talking about an old report that's since been debunked. Well, I, I was told this just a moment ago. That's what I was told. And it's, it's funny because that's like his defense. Joe Biden is different. Like that's Donald Trump's like cognitive faculties trying to muster up something. You know, he can't just come out and be like, okay, well, I was wrong about that because he's, he's Trump. But at least he said something we understand. Right. Well, they told me that, and that's why I'm saying it. 
Joe Biden, he says America can be described in in, in one word. I'm a from from an And I was yeah. like, what what word was that? <laughs> and, and then you've got you've got next no recent, bad calf care, shouldn't not shop at a pressure. The dude's not even speaking words. I think you missed his point. He was saying this country is indescribable. Just the <laughs> feeling it gives him. It's just the emotions yeah. coming it was, out it of it. It's so overwhelming, he can't <laughs> speak. You know what would be funny? Like, on the teleprompter, <laughs> it actually said that. And it's like, when everybody makes fun of him, he gets sad because he thought he made up a great new word. <laughs> well, does that not sound like a Snopes line? Dude, Webster's going to start adding this stuff to the dictionary. He's like a rock right, musician right, right. from the early 90s. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on a sidebar Judicial Watch issue, we had caught uh, Saki lying about Biden dog bites uh you know major was running around by and he wasn't just nipping at people because he was startled he was shooting across the driveway to attack people shooting across 10 feet of room to go after agents and biting the heck out of them didn't so, he didn't, didn't he hurt it? biden himself like biden? Oh, well biden yes. supposedly fell she taking care of wait, 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 I, I, joe, joe biden was bathing was showering with his dog in the room <laughs> right no yeah. all right so i gotta pull the story fell out of the so he Joe Biden says he broke foot tripping after shower when he pulled his dog's tail. Why, why was the dog in the bathroom? No, why was the dog in the bathroom? I don't know. But it's a German Shepherd. They yeah. they are protective they love. So they're going to be there. He but says in the, in the, the story. To be fair, them. all right. To be fair, we got the description originally from Joe Biden. It's not like Jen Sack. <laughs> it's not like Jen Sack. It was out there like the president uh, saw his dog and tried to grab its tail after a shower. Like Joe Biden's like, I saw my dog, man, after a shower. I, I grabbed his tail, the little rascal. It's like it's one it of the funniest things. Like it's, it's hysterical. It does sound very much. A Biden quote. No, you guys should you guys should look it up and listen. It's, it's actually hysterical. Story. It's like one of my. It's one of the well, funniest things he said that we overlooked. The most funnily accurate thing that Joe Biden has said recently. Yeah, love uh, it. But, you know, but Saki gets out there and she says, "Hey, you know, it was a minor dog bite." And the secret, you know, we just got the email. Secret Service agents were furious. Yeah, they're not. They're, you know, look, they're lucky they didn't have to put the dog down. It was yeah. that crazy. I'm surprised they let, didn't, man. Let me read this. He says, "Quote: What happened was I got out of the shower. Actually, can you, can you see that, Seamus? Yeah. Can you, can you, Joe Biden, that for us? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened was I, I got out of the shower. <laughs> I got, I got a dog, and anyone who's been around my house knows, dropped little pup dropped a ball in front of me, <laughs> and for me." To grab the ball. Biden told CNN journalist Jake <laughs> Tapper in the first post-election interview with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. And I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom. And I grab grab the ball like this and he ran. And I'm joking, running after him and grab his tail. And what happens is that he slid on a, a throw rug. And I tripped on the rug he slid on. Oh That's what happened. Oh, man, not a very... Exciting story. <laughs> he said he was running down an alleyway. So yeah, it was this hallway. He says he got. I maybe I should animate alleyway. this one. We yes, animated. You should we animate we, that story because yeah. we animated the corn pop story and it helped a lot of people understand it better. We just used his narration. Uh, but yeah, he's basically saying he, like, he got out of the shower. <laughs> he got out of the shower. His dog had a ball, so he started chasing his dog <laughs> and rough with him. I just want you to imagine this, right? Come. So so let's be fair. The dog must not have been in the bathroom. He, because it, it doesn't say that, but so so Joe I Biden mean, well, is he wearing a towel or did he get out of the I shower? Know. I was picturing with a towel on. I'm picturing him. No, I hope I, he had a towel I, on because well, the, the, originally I thought he well, climbed out of the shower naked. He probably service. slipped in the shower and broke his foot, and now he's mm-hmm. created this stupid story. And he's like, and what happened was, which is a sign of a liar when they buy time, you know, Here's when they're in the middle happened. of a conversation. Yeah. Longtime journalist Ron Kessler reported that the Secret Service complained about Biden's swimming habits as mm. being. Uh, wildly inappropriate in the buff mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, Wait, man. what? Gross. Really? It's in a book. You can do a lot with that one, Seamus. I know. Like, that, that could be an interesting cartoon. I'm sure you can find the audio of him telling the story. I, I remember looking for it a while ago because I had the same idea. Oh, this story was pointed out to me, and I couldn't believe that I missed it when it happened. So I was searching for the audio clip. I, I, I think I had trouble finding it. Um, it might have just been something he said to a reporter that was quoted in the press and wasn't actually filmed. The like, reason I think If y'all can find it, send it to me, please. I think yeah. he's lying about the story is because if he's going to tell a story about how he was chasing his dog down the hallway and pulled his tail and broke his foot, why? Why would he bring up the shower part of it? It was completely irrelevant to the story. So Sorry. obviously it was part of the story. The bigger Duh, the story, the bigger the lie. That's the, that's the old saying. So uh, typically among kids, when they're lying, they try to they try to explain every possible yeah. thing. When in reality, uh, you know, it's like, how did you break your foot? Ah, I was playing the dog. I fell. Yeah. That's it. It's like, I fell playing with the dog. And I'm like, oh. But the reality Instead, is he's, like, well, he's 76 shower, and he slipped like, in the shower. I mean, that's... That's my guess. I, I don't mean, know that. I don't know whether he's lying or because honestly, I I one million percent believe that this is something he would do. Do you guys not think that Joe I, Biden I would like chase his dog out yeah, of the shower? I think he would. Hold on, you, you want to know what my favorite thing about the story was? The conspiracy theorists who were who kept telling everybody when when was this? This was uh, December third, twenty twenty. The conspiracy theorists who were who kept pushing you know the the election stuff said that he, he didn't really break his foot. He's hiding the ankle bracelet. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, no, no joke. So that's what they were saying. And my favorite was when they started believing that Joe Biden flipped and was now helping Trump. And he was like, was it's just like, people look at a photo of Biden with a hurt foot. And that's what they think. And I'm like, dude, he's an old man. He and, fell. He yeah, hurt his foot. Yeah, another like, reason on. I question is because like you saw what they did with FDR when he was getting polio is like basically making him paralyzed. They hid that from people for like years, I believe. I'm not sure exactly how long, but they didn't want people to know the president wasn't doing well. They'll, they'll hide that. There is no plan. I keep on saying there yeah, is no plan. It's really not. <laughs> Yeah. Scary and yeah. sad. Let's let's talk about that wokeness stuff though. So uh, we got this from CNN Business. Netflix's world has been turned upside down as stock plunges thirty five percent. I think it's actually at thirty seven percent. Then we got the story from CNN Business. The magic is gone for Disney investors. This is from April nineteenth, just just yesterday. And they say that Netflix has plunged more than forty percent, and Disney is down fifteen percent. Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say, <clears throat> get what go broke. Indeed. Well, that's happening at Netflix. They gave as much. I don't know what the actual deal was. I've seen twelve. I've seen fifty million dollars to the Obama's production operation. I had Netflix on the other day, and who was pushed at me? Barack Obama, putting out some globalist nice nonsense about parks and conservation and all of that. And you know, I guess I'm not allowed to say anything against national parks. But the point is, it was propaganda. They're paying off a left-wing politician who, uh, frankly, brings nothing in terms of creativity other than political activism. And so Netflix is focused on, as, you, as you've highlighted, uh, it, it, both in the fiction and nonfiction categories, propaganda, and people are turning it off. And there are all sorts of other reasons for it. But if you're going – and the biggest reason in my view, and I say this only half-jokingly, is that half the movies aren't American. So you're going, oh, this movie looks good. Turns out it's in a foreign language or in an accent that's hard to follow because of the subtitles and you don't well, want to watch it. So I, it's garbage, it's leftist, and it's not as the quality they're supposed to be getting. What's us. with this weird overlap between the left and sexually inappropriate content for children mm. or about yeah. children? I, I, you know, That's curious because it's funny. When people come out and they're like, hey, we don't want teachers talking to kids about these adult matters, it's the left specifically that freaks out and says, we are being attacked by the right. And I'm like, 
60% of Democrats agree with these bills in Florida and these other states right. that kids should not be taught this stuff. But you've got uh, Big uh, um, Big Mouth. Is that the show's right? Yeah. yeah. Was just renewed for season seven. You know what that show is? It is oh. it is voiced by adults, but it is about children going through puberty and engaging in overt Apparently, adult Apparently, for Netflix. seven years, Netflix. they're going Netflix. through puberty, I guess. Are they still seven in puberty? years. They're just man. living really slow. So Yo, and people who have not seen the show, I, I like I've, I've mentioned this before, like... I think it's a messed up it show. It is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you've, you watched it? Yeah, I saw a couple. I saw like half an episode at my no, friend's house. Oh, yeah, man. I walked out of the room. I couldn't. It's yeah, just I'll, so disgusting. Mm-hmm. They're 12. Like, they're like 11 and 12, and they're talking about having sex. No, no, no. no they're, not, they're not talking about it. It's they, so gross. They dude, legit show the white. I'm not even going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like oh. a scene where the kid goes into a stall, and they this they show it. What and I'm like, heck? what? How is this? So gross. Look, South Park did... You know, similar lewd and crude jokes, and those are I'm just like, oh I'm not man, even, I'm not even saying it's gross, like spectacly. It's gross psychologically. Yeah. It's I couldn't let myself even hear yeah. it because it was twisting and me. cuties. Was, so gross. Yep. Now, so, so that's why I don't have Netflix. I'm like, yeah, yeah absolutely wanna... not. No, there's absolutely no way I'll ever have a Netflix subscription. Um, I think part of it is that obviously, you know. There are creepy people all over the world and in all parties, but if you're a creepy person who wants to normalize your disgusting sexual perversions, the Democratic Party has made it perfectly clear that they are a safe bet for you. And I think it's why. not that's it's radicalism. It's on the because left. they don't have the moral foundation of purity. Yeah, that's one of the so, reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the moral foundations, man, I'm, I always try to get them off the top of my head. There's care, fairness, loyalty, purity, liberty, and... Uh, There's what's, one more we can Is it authority? Remember. Maybe. Or is authority and loyalty the same thing? I don't remember. I'm going to look it up. What's it called again? The uh, Moral Foundations, Jonathan yeah. Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. So liberals, went, they, they have this moral foundations test you can take. It asks you questions. Some of these questions are really disturbing. Yeah. And it asks you, like, to what degree are you okay with this thing? Right. And it'll be like, there's one where it says, uh, 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 a daughter takes her father's old, you know, war flag and use it as a rag to mop the floor or whatever. Are you okay with this? And so, you know, these are the kinds of questions. It was authority is the sixth, yeah. Yeah. It was authority. So, so it's liberty, sanctity, which I believe is the purity. Yeah. Uh, loyalty, fairness, mm-hmm. care, and authority. Yes. And you said, and that's five though. So liberty was added. Uh, liberty, after. liberty, yeah. Yeah. That was the sixth one. Yeah. Libertarians only have liberty. This is amazing. Yeah. They don't care about anything other than let me do what I want. <laughs> Be free. Uh, liberals only have care and fairness. So if you're, if you're saying something like children must be protected, the sanctity of, of children and purity, innocence, et cetera. Well, you're probably not going to be a liberal because they don't have that in their minds. They don't, they don't understand this as a moral foundation. So when you look at the moral foundations test, there are some questions that are like outright disturbing. They're hard about like teachers and kids. I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I would say it's hard. You just say it's, is, is that okay or not? But some of it's like, you know, an uncle, I, I didn't even want to say this. I can't even say these things. Yeah. But th- th- it's remarkable what someone would have to say is okay in order to actually get listed as a liberal on thing. Cause I, I get, I get uh, listed as like, you know, libertarian, left leaning or something like that in these, yeah. in these tests. But I have a balance of, you know, I, I have care and fairness is relatively high and it kind of goes down. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Like, cause I'm kind of in the middle. But you look at how liberals rank and I'm like, what question did they say they were okay with? Mm. Cause that's kind of weird. Because they don't care about it. Well, I've said this before. Leftism is essentially a synonym for social decay. It's the word that we use to describe it. And when you think about values like care and fairness, those are the easiest to make subjective. So there's no, I mean, that's not fair or I care about this person. What does that really mean at bottom? I disagree disagree a little bit. I think, I think, you know, a healthy society has a left and a right wing. 
And the left is, is kind of experimental in a sense where it is a bit chaotic. And, and, and you could describe it in extreme sense as decay. But the right is supposed to keep things in check. So the left can be like, hey, we want to try this. We want to try that. And the right says, no, no, no. Okay, marijuana legalization is tolerable. You know what I mean? Yeah, so where I disagree is that the the foundation of the left in where we get these terms is actually from the French Revolution. What the left was doing was beheading people, murdering them, trying to like fundamentally restructure the society in extremely disastrous ways. So I agree that there are people in society who the left would argue they identify with or have a monopoly over when you're talking about creative people or folks who might be willing to challenge the status quo in some way. But that's not what leftism is. That's un. That's a good Robespierre, point. man. You made a good point. There, about- there, there, there are guys down at Occupy Wall Street who, who there's like one dude who said that he, he, it was his dream to be Robespierre. And I'm like, you know, he died. He right? got his jaw blown off and they laid him on a table for yeah, two days yeah, to die. Yeah. They, was, lo- yeah. they love it, man. Well, they I, love the idea. I go back to the library cop on Seinfeld, maybe dating myself. But uh, remember, he goes, <laughs> you know, what's with you, Seinfeld? You want those pictures and kids to open the book up? And is that what gets you going, Seinfeld? And I think that's what gets too many of the left going in terms of discussions of sexual activity with children. And just like that, I don't believe in slippery slopes. We we fall off cliffs morally. Yeah, and just amen. like that, this two past two weeks, it's now a tenet of a major political party in this country to promote sex talk with young children. In secret. In school in schools. And and to me it, that's not left right. This is a radical Marxist mm-hmm. agenda. They want to tear us away from any competitor to their revolution. Tear us away from religion, mm-hmm. from family, from private entities, business, and your biology and, 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 and sexuality is traditionally understood. And they want to tear that away and put all of that into a, a mix that they will impose when convenient. They'll tell you what you're going to be. And because you have to rely on them because it's you're just a cog in the revolution. And anything that gets in the way of that, any tradition or bi- even biology, they, they're able to do, they want to destroy. This is, these are dangerous revolutionary times. Using the ter- word Robespierre, the, that figure, it's not, it's, it's not inappropriate. Yeah. Well, and I want, I'll take it even further and be more clear about it. It's not just that they want to have these conversations about sex with children. That will be bad enough. That will be a problem in and of itself, but they want to normalize perverted sexual behaviors to children in secret. It's in secret. So I, 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 I think it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I actually think schools should teach religion. I think there should be like religious studies. Mm. That's not to say they should tell kids you should be this religion. 
they should just be like as part of our social studies class, like we're going to learn about various religions. But to the extent that they're allowed to do it, I wonder because you can't have you can't teach the Bible in these schools. So I, I jokingly tweeted, I half jokingly was like, we should have religion studies. Kids have questions. Teachers sh- teacher should be allowed to give answers. If a kid sees the, the crucifix or a rosary or something on the desk, well, then the teachers should be allowed to give classroom instruction on Christianity, right? Well, of course, the left would flip out if that was the case. Then I added, we should also, uh, teachers should also tell the kids to keep it a secret from their parents. Like that, that's just un- 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 unheard of. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think the schools are capable of doing that. The left would never allow it to happen. And, you know, my view is that it, it, you, you have to, uh, think about you uberizing education that you find out who's available to give the, your children the instruction they need. You may not be able to do it through your own homeschooling program, uh, but you have individuals out there who say, you want this taught? You want a third grade education for your child? Pay me for three months and we'll get it done under your supervision and guidance and you'll know what's being taught. Because the public schools, unless they were avowedly conservative, there's an old conservative um, uh, truism that says any organization not avowedly conservative becomes left over time. That's the thing, and, it's and like, that's true, especially about the schools. I don't like Even, using the word left; it's, it's they become radical. The opposite well, of conservative is radical. Yeah. The, the well, whole and, liberal and, thing and, has been and, but, but, hold, overutilized. Hold on. And, and you made that point about going after kids. I don't see that as a left thing. I, th- I see that as a child predator thing. And I think child predators saw that they could f- they could weasel their way in with the left. They tried it by doing the LGBTP thing. The left rejected that initially, and they were like, no, no. Now you've got the MAP thing, minor attracted persons. People who want to go after kids, no, you're not going to be able to accomplish that with conservatives who have a moral foundation around sanctity. The only option is to get people on the left to agree. Without God, anything is possible. I like that yep. you mentioned care and fairness and what it actually means and how they're maybe misinterpreting yeah. it. Because if you see a starving child and you think, well, the way I can be care, care about this kid is to give them food every day, you create a dependence cycle. A good, another good way to be care about that kid is to teach him how to fish. Now that kid can go and take care of himself. Now, what's the real sort of care? Is it to feed that kid every day? And make basically a slave out of him to you or to teach him how to become independent. Both people, there, people will tell you that both of them are types of caring, but it be, getting too emotionally invested in, it, I think, is where things can start to get twisted. Well, and so when you're, you would need a, a combination when dealing with a child, right? So for example, the responsibility of the parent is to provide for their child and feed them, but also, as you mentioned, ensure that when they become an adult, they are capable of providing for themselves. Uh, that said, I think, when you look at care and fairness, as I mentioned earlier, you can call anything caring or anything fair. It's what they do all the time. I mean, look at their like tautological reasoning around the normalization of perverse behavior. Love is love. What does that actually mean? That sounds very caring. That sounds very fair, but it doesn't actually mean anything. You haven't explained why this is behavior that we should accept. Yeah, sex. They're like, sex is on the internet, so we need to tell kids about it early. We care about them. You know, if you really care about your kids, don't show them the sex. These things are a radicalization tool. You do not give them to children. Check check, check this out real quick. This is from June 5th, 2019. Human events. No Snapchat. Love definitely does have an age. Oh, my gosh. So they go on to mention that uh, – so this is Ashley St. Clair who noticed that on Snapchat there was a sticker that said, love has no age. What? And everyone immediately was like, yo, it does. It's over 18. Like, what is this? There's lots of types <laughs> you know, of love. Firstly, statue. there's eight types of love according we, to the we, Greeks. We, we, One of them is Eros, that. We get and it. that we is get not it, for Ian. children. We get it. You mentioned There's like child love. But no, that's it actually it, – it, it's, it's interesting you do mention the different kinds of love because our culture, we just use one word mm-hmm. for it. And 
I think part of the flaw here is that we have taken this idea of love in the sense of selfless giving and willing the good of the other person, and Guys, we've conflated it with arrows. with uh, Listen, the desire for sexual pleasure. The reason why I didn't want to derail itself. into this yeah. philosophical argument is it was literally about LGBTQ pride. The stickers on Snapchat was about LGBTQ issues, wow. and it included love has no age. Yikes. All right. Disgusting. So they're, they're not talking about platonic love. They're or, talking about agape, the love of the community. They're, it's like you don't know. There's they're different not, ways to. They're not. They're not. They're talking about people who want to get married to each other. That's erotic love. Yeah, eros yes. is what it's called. Yeah. Right. So we, I don't, I don't, we don't need to. Well, start, they're, they're, they're using arguments. the word love to get you to tr- trick you into thinking that it's about like familial love. Right. It's but not, no, it's, they aren't. It's not, it's not love in the metaphysical sense. Ian, that's for sure. You, you're, you're, you, you, you love to talk about loves different forms that is immaterial here to what we're talking about when you're talking about lgbtq we're talking about issues of people who want to get married and have relationships with each other one of the words in there is bisexual when they say for lgbtq positive branding love has no age there's no reason to elaborate beyond that. We know what they're saying. I agreed. Agreed. Yes. Well, I mean, you have familial love. Your mother loves you as a child when you're born. That's But that's love. not how they mean well, it. Well, it's here. a different kind of – they're abusing – they're twisting. That's the problem. I mean, you said it clearly. That, that word is too vague. Love is too vague. It's too vague. The Greeks had eight different types of it. Why don't we? Well, you know, getting back to the issue of the, uh, the, the focus on the sexualization of children – the left, in my view, the organized left, the extremist left, I'm not talking about liberals. I don't say think liberals hate children. But the organized yeah. revolutionary left hates children. They hate childhood. They have no use for it other than as a prop for more government and more revolution. So what else would you – if you hated children, what would you do? Well, you'd traumatize them with sex talk. You'd kill them in the womb. Mm. Yep. You'd, you'd do all sorts of things that the left is doing. And it and it's and to the degree they talk about childhood, it's about collectively raising children. It takes right. a village to raise a child. Uh, this is this is not a child friendly uh, philosophy. Uh, this radical idiocy. It's fundamentally anti-family. I, I want to make sure we we have a little bit of good news here. We uh, you know not always just complaining, but we have this story from the Daily Mail. Former McDonald's CEO who invented the McNugget. Oh, good for him. Sets up new group to fight back against woke corporations and buys enough Bank of America shares to formally propose that firm scraps staff CRT training. Whoa. Ed Renzi, who served as a CEO of McDonald's in the 1990s, is partnering with conservative groups to fight back against woke corporations. He formed the boardroom Imitative, the partnership between the Job Creators Network, the Free Enterprise Group, and Second Vote. The goal of the group is to protect shareholders and employers of publicly traded companies from woke policies and ensure corporate accountability. It comes as left-wing groups continue to buy up stocks and businesses until they raise enough clout to lobby the board to adopt leftist policies. Companies are also being forced to the left so they can receive high ESG score, Mm. which would make them more profitable. I would argue this environmental social governance thing they're doing is these companies that embrace this violate their fiduciary duty to the shareholders and the shareholders need to start filing lawsuits in, on that on those grounds. Well, you know, companies that do that uh, should be subject to scrutiny by the feds and uh, state authorities because, you know, in some states and and generally speaking, the law is when you're charged with investing someone's pension money, you're supposed to be trying to maximize the return. And that's your priority. Using it for other purposes to end the oil industry 
or advance social agendas is contrary to law. So it's not even a question of lawsuits. It's a question of are we going to have law enforcement pursue these companies? And you've got these big companies like BlackRock, Vanguard that are pushing this. And what's interesting is they push it here, but they're all, they all own shares of companies abroad. They don't, they don't go. They don't go tell China companies, Chinese companies, you need to follow our our woke agenda. They tell American companies. So I think the conser- conservatives have to understand that corporations are largely controlled by the left, uh, and they're misusing and abusing our funds. And it's not a question of a political difference. It's a question of misconduct by the investors and, as you point out, the corporations uh, that are misusing dollars and misusing our retirement dollars misusing shareholder dollars and misusing our retirement dollars to advance a political agenda. That goes, that, that, that goes, that's why Florida is pulling back Disney's tax benefits because they're misusing the, 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 the uh, trust that the public has given them through these tax benefits. Conservatives are getting aided now in the culture war by post-liberals, people who were very much involved in culture and uh, um, arts. But because the woke left has gone so insane, because they seem to have no principles, you have people probably like us who all of a sudden are just rejecting and opposing this. One of the challenges we face in all of this is there are still people who don't realize the shift and what has happened. So you still hear these old talking points about Republicans are pro-corporation. It's like, uh, haven't you been around for the past five years where the conservatives were saying regulate big tech because of censorship? Yeah, times have changed. Donald Trump brought a lot of people into the Republican Party who are not traditional uh, or, or conservative in that capacity. And now we need to find a way to get, you know, people on the right who are still very much like, oh, I don't want to regulate corporations. And we got to get people on the left to realize they're being screwed over by the corporations. Then we can make those changes. Well, it's not regulation to enforce the laws against fraud or right. against no, 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 the misuse of dollar. I mean, we're not asking for more. I don't want more regulation of Twitter. I just want them to be held accountable for lying to regulators and shareholders and users in Congress about the purpose and the process of their censorship. Same goes for Facebook and Google and YouTube. They're lying when they're saying they're applying neutral principles. And there's an algorithm that can't be messed with. And don't worry, it's equally applied. It's a big lie. And if and and it should be investigated as such the way that the oil companies were being investigated for quote lying about climate change, which was bunk, but they they we've got to enforce the law against these companies. If Elon Musk gets a hold of Twitter, and that appears to be the news right now that he's gonna be raising some money and making a move within like the next week or so, he's gonna get all those documents. Well he doesn't need the wait to get control. He's a, as a shareholder he can ask for documents about the processes that I'm talking about. How is it the decision was made to throw off Trump? You know, I was blocked for a tweet I made about hydroxychloroquine. That was completely accurate. Twitter had found it to be accurate. They Someone complained about it. They said it's a violation of the rules. Three, four months later, they locked me out of my account for posting the same darn tweet. I mean, they're yep. lying when they're saying they're doing things neutrally in a, in a way that could survive scrutiny. If they would survive scrutiny... We should rely on Elon Musk to get the documents out. I, I think that's an opportunity for him to demand those documents as a shareholder. It seems well, to me that if we want to go legally after these just corporations in general for abusing their shareholder trust, that it would have to be a decentralized move of lawfare. So because if one unit, like if you were the only one to go, then you're like a, not a target, but like, like they did with, when the FBI goes into James O'Keefe's house, like, cause he's, because he's the head of Project Veritas, duh. So like we need everyone to go after it together and, 
maybe not as obviously hyperbole, but we need enough people pushing against these corporations for their fraud narrative, if there is such, that it's it's. I mean, this that's what the the, the spirit of the United States is decentralized movement. Yeah, we're we're in a great suppression. I call it the Great Suppression. I mean, where thought is being suppressed. Uh, we have the Biden administration calling in big tech companies to encourage them to censor people. That's right. The big tech companies are doing it. I know Judicial Watch uncovered that they were taking material down at the behest of government agencies, our material, other material. So, I mean, the idea that this is some sort of private actor out there, no, it's part of a, it's collusion. And, uh, it, it's a crisis in the sense that, you know, we're in this revolutionary period. Uh, they want to suppress our speech. And yes, they want to jail us, as as yep. James O'Keefe has found, as those being targeted by the January sixth committee are fi- is finding. I mean, that they're now taking the position that if you were in a, on an alternative slate of electors in a disputed election, you're being investigated by the Justice Department. They want to jail their political opponents. This is a revolutionary period, and our republic is tottering. Our republic is tottering. Absolutely agreed. Uh, I wanted to ask you something about the instance you brought up with the White House actually instructing social media companies to censor certain things. My understanding based on hearing that is it sounds like a blatant First Amendment violation, but I'm curious if there's some kind of legal loophole they're exploiting in order to get away with this. Well, you know, there's always legal loopholes. The question is, are you going to have um, individuals in positions of power to do something about it? actually exercise all their prerogatives. So, for instance, President Trump was impeached for no good reason. Yeah. There are plenty of good reasons to impeach Biden. And I'm not seeing uh, Republican leadership uh, talking about that in any significant way. Uh, the Justice Department is controlled by Joe Biden. Uh, the opportunities, it seems to me, in terms of enforcement against these companies is at the state level. And, you know, Ron DeSantis is taking some leadership roles there. There are some more aggressive attorney generals uh, at the state level as well, who understand going after Twitter in Texas, demanding documents. They're in a big document fight with Twitter about their censorship policies. Uh, but it's got to be coordinated. I mean, they're attacking our freedoms and our civil rights and our civil liberties. And, you know, these are God-given. These are God-given civil liberties. Our right to express ourselves is, is God-given. It's not, it's recognized by the Constitution. But the right exists separate and apart from it, and everyone's coming after it. When you said Joe Biden is in control of the Justice Department, do you mean by appointing judges? Constitutionally speaking, he's control of the Justice Department. It's his appointees. Uh, the Justice Department is run by the left. It's a Democratic uh, agency. Most of the agencies are controlled by Democrats and leftists. And the Justice Department is a locus of evil when it comes to public policy in our country. Every bad thing the government does, the Justice Department defends it and or participates in it. But it's supposed to be a neutral well, entity? It's supposed to be an entity that reflects the will of the people through its appointed representative or uh, elected representative, such as the president. And he has the Justice Department uh, is run by his attorney general and other senior appointees or confirmed by the Senate. So that there are those checks in place. Uh, but the agency tends to do what it wants to do. And if there's a Democrat in office, uh, they're free and clear. And if they're a Republican in office, they're still free and clear. Yeah, they used to be at each other, like John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Man, they would just argue. They'd get up there and be like, I'm your vice president because I don't agree with you. And we're not going to screw this up. No, it's not a cult. So I'd like to ask you, what's our way out of this? Well, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, all you can do is what you can do. Are you doing what you can do? Are we using all the tools available to us under the Constitution and our system of government to 
enforce the rule of law and protect our rights and liberties? Are we doing what we can do at the state level? Are you active individually with your party? If these issues concern you, are you communicating with your uh, elected officials and your friends and your colleagues? Uh, are you running for office? Are you participating in the party mechanics? You can complain about the Republican Party, but if you're not participating, some loser is probably participating who's in it for all the wrong reasons. And then once they're elected, we need men and women of ambition who understand their role in history and to, and to protect our republic and to say we're not turning over the reins of our government to unelected bureaucracies. Uh, we're not going to play this game where we sign a check once a year for $4 trillion and then see what happens and then complain about it after the fact. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, the government, uh, you know, Congress is like uh, the guy who says, you know, the firefighters who set a fire and then show up after the house burns down and starts complaining. Well, this is terrible. You mentioned, They're all responsible. Uh, you mentioned January 6th, and we do have this story which just came out a couple hours ago. On Twitter, everyone is uh, – people are, are saying that Alex Jones has flipped. Huh. According to the New York Times, Alex Jones reached out to the Justice Department about a January 6th interview. They say that uh, through his lawyer, Mr. Jones said he has given the government a formal letter conveying his desi desire to speak to federal prosecutors. The lawyer, Norm Pattis, maintained that Mr. Jones had not engaged in any criminal wrongdoing that day when chanting slogans about 1776 – as a condition of being interviewed by federal investigators, Mr. Jones, who is known for his rants about the deep state and is supposed to is supposed to control uh, and its supposed control over national affairs, has requested immunity from prosecution. Huh. The first thing I would say is I don't trust the New York Times on stories like this. But the other thing I would I would say, too, is everyone's saying, you know, it's met, a lot of people on the left. They're like, he's flipped. I'm like, Alex Jones is on video yelling people, not yelling at them not to go near the Capitol. That it was a trap not to go in. He's not going to get immunity from prosecution. First of all, there were no crimes that are being pursued here other than perhaps against some of the January 6th defendants who actually committed violent acts in violation of the law. The Alex Joneses of the world, to the degree they're facing any liability, it's because of corrupt uh, prosecutions or activity by the FBI, DOJ, and the Democrats in Congress pushing them. And, you know, my understanding of the federal system is that you don't get immunity uh, what they do is you plead guilty to a crime, accept a punishment that might be mitigated as a result of your cooperation. They don't give out typically immunity for crimes. They let make you plead guilty. So, you know, my guess is Alex Jones wants to roll the FBI and tell them the truth and tell them the truth about uh, what he did. And, you know, I believe he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, so... Uh, the it people might, it, who believe the, the the most psychotic conspiracies about January 6th believe insane conspiracies about what this is right now. He's flipping. Oh, man, he's there. He's going to rat on Trump. The funny yeah, thing that, is, that's the crazy talk, that there's right. something to flip over. Yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, we had this, this really fun moment in January where I said that uh, the people who were, you know, waved in to the Capitol or who walked up and the cops opened the doors and said, you know, let them come in and said, I respect your right to protest and took selfies with with them. These people, it's it's how are you going to how are you going how are you going to get them on trespassing? How are you going to get them on you know trespassing in the Capitol if they're invited in? You won't be able to do it. And the Young Turks did this segment where they were like, Tim Pool is so dumb, he's so dumb. And then what did we see? There's actually uh, a guy got the charges dismissed because he was like, they let me in. The judge was like, you're right, they did. Have a nice day, good sir. So I, I imagine <coughs> there's a lot of people who obviously the ones that were fighting. There was one guy who got his charges dismissed re relating to like mischief and vandalism or something. 
But he got trespassed because the judge was like, yo, you climbed over something to get in there. You knew you were trespassing. So there's, we're going to see the people who are violent get charged. We're going to see the people who are let in. Probably a lot of these people are going to start getting, you know, not guilty pleas or, or not, 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 not guilty verdicts. But the people on the left who are seeing the story right now because they're tweeting about it, this is the exact same thing as the people who thought Trump was, was going to show up on March 3rd or whatever and walk into the White House and that Joe Biden had an ankle bracelet or whatever. And, and arrest, and arrest everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, and it ain't going to happen. And, you know, the real scandal is continue, you know, we've sued for all the records, uh, all the videos of, uh, the Capitol. We sued the Congress for it. We're in court. Nancy Pelosi's Congress is telling us that they have sovereign immunity, meaning they are immune from lawsuit. And none of the record, they're not public records. And even if they were, the public interest doesn't require their release. So it's the worst day in American history, but <laughs> yeah. there's no public interest in releasing the records. So, you know, in my experience, when you don't want to release one second of video, even voluntarily, what are you hiding? And I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, this whole Michigan collapse, the Whitmer yeah. kidnapping collapse, means we should take a look at the, if the FBI would break the rules there. Did they break the rules in some of the January 6th activities? And I suspect we're going to find out that's the case. Absolutely. I mean, look, anyone who knows the name Ray Epps can tell you that there was almost certainly foul play here. And we should just say to them what they've been saying to us over the fact that they've been collecting people's data in bulk. If they have nothing to hide, then they should have nothing to fear. Release the tape. Show us what happened. Ray Epps is interesting. He was a dude at the a rally, whatever you want to call it, event, uh, January 16th. And he was like yelling for people to go to the Capitol, I believe. And they on started video. calling him a Fed. They, everyone started like, yelling hey, at him, no, calling him a Fed, and him. Shunned him. And then all of a sudden he disappears and he's not prosecuted. Is this right? right? He, he, he turns up in a bunch of videos encouraging people and inciting them to riot. And not prosecuted. With the amount of spy tech we have, can you? How is that guy not being prosecuted? Uh, what, right what about now? the the guy who planted the bombs? They didn't find that person. Either, Never right? found that. That story just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just completely disappeared. Well, and and supposedly Harris is in the neighborhood. Yes, and Harris Secret was Service right didn't there. Find it? What the heck's yes. going on? They said Kamala Harris was right there that morning, but then I, they just stopped looking for the guy who planted them. Apparently, I mean, I mean God help us. I, you know, I hate to get back to the Secret Service. You know, they get attacked. You know, the agents were attacked for complaining about being attacked by dogs. We found out the Secret Service top people or people in the position to, to protect the president were being targeted with a scam, some type of fraud uh, by these two shysters uh, in in uh, in D.C. They were offering them gifts, and the Secret Service didn't even figure out it was going on. I think it was the Postal Inspection Service that mm -hmm. figured it out. So the Secret Service is kind of is is, is dysfunctional. And as someone who doesn't want to see anyone in a position of power harmed in the worst possible way, I worry about our security in the – look, January 6th highlights that we can't – the government can't protect us. They blew the security on January 6th at the Capitol. Uh, the Secret Service is just this side as dis of dysfunctional. And these are major issues. I mean, wh why is it we think the Secret Service is any better than any other government agency? Yeah, Olivia Rondeau went on Kennedy Nation and said something really profound, and I hope I get this right, Olivia. It's that the government is there to serve us, not to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Remember that. You're here to serve us. We put you there on purpose so that you can work for us and get this done right because we're all sovereign. That's, that's, I, I, you're right, but at this point in our country, in the past hundred years, it's just like, Dude, that's just not the case anymore. But that's the American spirit. Without it, that's that's the nature. That the company, the country is just a piece of land where people are getting along next door to each other. If if we don't have that belief in common, then it, things can go pretty. We nuts. are we are seeing in in cities 
Democrat-controlled cities, non-citizens being granted the right to vote. The moment that happens, you don't have a country. Like it, It's happening. The, uh, the, the uh, presidential election, the Electoral College, is influenced by non-citizens. For, uh, uh, I think there was you know, one or two votes in favor of Democrats because of the amount of illegal immigrants in California or something like that. The congressional seats are not uh, apportioned based on citizen count. They're based on population count. So if you have a million non-citizens in one area, they're going to get an extra congressional seat and an, electoral, uh, an extra electoral vote. These things are ripping. It's, it's, we're a ship. We're a big, a big cruise ship. Those things are holes in the ship, and we are taking on one. I'm a Absolutely. realist. Or do you well, think that we're just headed towards globalization, and we got to figure out how to roll with it? Oh, well, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think I, so the issue is, uh, to a certain degree, globalization is not a bad thing. The bad thing is the authoritarian takeover and the destruction of our sovereign our sovereignty. You can have international agreements. We can do away with war. We can have this beautiful planet, but in this area, we have our own laws. We make our rules. We live to according to our values. And things like that. The, I don't, prob- the problem is the World Economic Forum doesn't like our values. The Davos yeah. group doesn't like our values. The values they want for the world are more like China's. Yeah, I don't want to live that way. So that's the real problem is, uh, uh, you know, we had Elad Eliyahu on and he said he likes a unipolar world. He doesn't want China to gain influence. He wants the U.S. to dominate everything because our values are better. And I'm like, he's being honest about it. And, and, and we need to recognize that. In the world of the uh, the globalization as it's colloquially understood is... Chinese style social credit systems. We can have a kind of international relations that can, you know, end war and have international courts where we retain our sovereignty and our values persist. Do you think we're really ever going to end war? So I think what likely would happen is we may have already done it in the traditional sense of how we, we've, we've known it or be getting really close to it. Uh, obviously Ukraine and Russia right now, there's hot war. But will we break past that point where it is just not economically feasible or worth going to war? Instead, you'll see shady dealings, soft power, manipulation, or fifth generational warfare. So war conflict will always exist in some form. But when we're talking about modern warfare and we get to the point where we're like kinetic warfare is fading away and now it's all manipulation games, Hmm. it'll be psychological manipulation. Well, you know, this is, this is, uh, Ukraine is kind of the, uh, highlights that war is a feature of the human condition. And, you know, we spent trillions of dollars in our national security apparatus, uh, the diplomacy, USAID, obviously the, our defense and intelligence establishments to prevent war in Europe. And it happened in a heartbeat. And, yeah. you know, and you, I think you, you could argue it's you, because Ukraine, of what we've spent. Ukraine isn't Luxembourg. Yeah. It has 45 million people. So this is not an insignificant military action by the Russians. And we, we paid these guys to stop crap like that from happening. And they couldn't figure out how to stop a gangster from going down the block and breaking someone's window. You know, and I'm exaggerating, obviously, for effect there. Uh, but Putin was stoppable. And my view is this is where the corruption comes home to roost. He sees Biden, his cognitive challenges. He knows Biden's on the take because he's on the take in part from Russia based on the information that's out there. So he sees a corrupted and firm Repub- uh, uh, leadership in, in our country. And why not do what he did? I'm not saying it was the reason he did it, but some of the stoppers that would have been in place as a result of a competent, strong America that wasn't corrupted weren't the present. And to me, that's the result is death and destruction in Ukraine. 
Yeah, man, that's why integrity is so important as an individual and as a nation, all of it. Because if you if you are no longer your word is no longer good, no one's going to take you seriously. I mean, we had documents. I love these documents we found because you know I go back to them all the time. And there were these documents just before Biden, uh, just before Trump came in, Biden went and visited Ukraine. And the two top State Department officials in Ukraine are talking about his visit, the anti-corruption visit. And these were the two officials who testified against Trump. And they were talking three days before Trump came in that Biden's there and the Russian press is making fun of Biden's anti-corruption issues because his son is on Burisma. And they said that Trump, the Russians were trolling Biden and they, and, on, they and the State Department guy goes, Burisma is the gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, we've got the State Department telling themselves they're making fun of our country. Our foreign policy objective, let's say neutrally, was to stop corruption in Ukraine, was being hampered by the vice president's family corruption. And we're supposed to forget that when Ukraine is invaded uh, uh, four years later. I think when Obama said never, uh, what is it, something about never never overlook Biden's, Joe's ability to screw something up. And he said something along those lines. He wasn't joking. Yeah, he, did. he didn't say screw. Yeah. He used the other. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden screws up words. I mean, it's just it's and apparently really, familial board corporate uh, relations in Ukraine too. But Hunter should have never been on that board, man. Mm. That's nuts. Yeah, the, the challenge we face internally is tribalism. There are people who have built careers off pandering, and they won't give it up. It's true on the right. It's true on the left. But I think what you have right now going on for the right is that, like I mentioned, you know, the post-liberal types, people who were Democrat voters before, who are more interested in principle than integrity, are sitting here being like, "Look." I can watch Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro will be like, Joe Biden was engaged in corrupt behavior in Ukraine. And I'm like, okay, gang. And right. Okay, gang. He's, he's invaded. Uh, he, he, okay. Joe Biden did bad things in Ukraine. Right? It's really quite obvious based on the tape we've seen. Thank you, Seamus. <laughs> You're welcome. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, he's completely right. And then he'll come out with, you know, some political position on policy as like, as a response. And I'll be like, well, I disagree on your, on your, your response position. Like, but if we agree on the facts, that's what's happening. Any any sane, reasonable person knows Joe Biden was is crooked and doing crooked things. I mean, flying his son on Air Force Two to China for a private equity deal. Why, why are you using our resources for that? But you'll get these people on the left who are just like, didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't, didn't happen. That's why they won't come on this show. I didn't invite them on the show, so they'll make an excuse. Real. Because they know me. we'll sit down and I'll pull up all of the stories and all of the videos and they'll just sit there and, and listen to it. And then they're going to have no choice when people are when their fans are watching and like, I didn't know that. It's like, well, because they didn't tell you. You know, I never understood. Well, I guess I do understand. But politicians of both party always misunderestimate. Is that the right word? Uh, misunderestimate. That's right. That's an, a man. I, I almost forgot about I'm that. Du- like, I'm, I'm, double, I'm doubling down on underestimating it. The, the corruption is, is a driving force for so much of the electoral public. You know, I, you know, remember when Nancy Pelosi came and took over Congress in 2010? You know what her her uh, her big piece was? Her big slogan: "We need to drain the swamp." Huh. Yeah. So you know, and what happens is these politicians run on battling corruption in Washington D.C. of uh, both parties, and then they get here, and it doesn't get done. And in the case of Trump, he actually did want to do something, and none of his appointees thought it was important. Republicans don't care about battling corruption. I know there are exceptions, and the exceptions prove the rule. Republic. Democrats have incorporated corruption, unfortunately, into their governing governance style. Uh, they turn their offices, in the case of the vice president, 
uh, into a, re- a racketeering operation. Uh, so this is um, this to me. There's opportunities on both sides of the political aisle to run on a reform anti-corruption agenda with teeth. Yes, but I do think Republicans have their degree of corruption, as evidenced by this story from TimCast.com. Candidate Robbie Starbuck responds to being kicked off Tennessee ballot. Starbuck told TimCast he is exploring every legal option to remain in the congressional race. That's right. They tried passing this law to bump him and another individual off the ballot by saying they didn't live there long enough. Turns out Robbie actually did live in this district long enough. Now I guess they're claiming he's not a Republican. Robbie Starbuck, Morgan Ortegas, and Baxter Lee were all disqualified from the upcoming primary after the party's vote on April 19th that they did not meet its standards for bona fide Republicans. Their candidacy was challenged earlier this month, triggering a vote by the state election committee. According to the bylaws, a candidate is required to have voted in three of the last four Republican primaries or have state Republicans vouch for them. Quote, the idea that I am not a Republican is most offensive because if I am not, who the hell is? Starbuck said. Starbuck, uh, he, he apparently said, let me see if I can find the quote, that he's been, uh, uh, the 33-year-old 30, 30, said he had 14 vouching letters affirming his status as a Republican, including statements from several county party chairs and the leader of the Nashville Young Republicans. He was also endorsed by U.S. Senator Rand Paul in 2021. Wow. Starbuck largely attributed the party's vote to institutional corruption, believing that Republican leaders in the state would prefer a controllable rhino. Right. This is how the, the system works. In order to get into office, it's through one of the two parties. The parties are private organizations who can do whatever they want. So they are blocking Robbie Starbuck from being able to run because he's a real candidate. Well, and this goes to my point. So there are probably a lot of conservatives in Tennessee, and we may presume, well, you know, Tennessee, that's got to be conservative down there. Well, that Republican Party leadership has been a longtime moderate um, operation. I mean, the, the Republicans from Tennessee, at least in the Senate, haven't been as hardcore as I would have liked. And this is why people should participate in party politics. You know, it, you can't you can't spit from the outside and expect the party to change. If you're a Democrat, get involved in Democratic politics. If you're a Republican, get involved in Republican politics. If you don't, that's what happens. Yeah, I wonder if it's also because of Nashville being in Tennessee. Whenever you have a large urban center like that, it skews your elections to the left. And you get uh, you get fake Republicans. Yeah. Well, Robbie's definitely a Republican. I know the guy. I've looked yeah. him in the eyes. I mean, I'm kind of being facetious, Robbie. He, no. <laughs> well, I, okay. But he is. What you just said for people to get into politics, I cannot fathom how to fix the system from within the system because the system is busted. It's like being on a broken train that's about to go off a cliff. If you have the chance to fix it from above and you can actually see the whole train and fix the tracks, now we're talking. But if you want to get on board, man, how can you fix the train and the tracks from inside? Well, it's the same thing about the school board fight. You can't, you can't, you, you know, you have to be at the table in order to affect the debate. And you show up at these meetings. They're usually boring. Uh, and you just, you just show up at political meetings and that, you know, a lot of people don't. And if you do and you're principled, you can go far. And because people need bodies. And before you know it, you're the county chair. Before you know it, you're on the state executive committee of the party. And before you know it, you're in a position to certify someone like Robbie Starbuck onto a, onto a ballot or oppose uh, someone who shouldn't be on the ballot. So it works both ways. And, you know, we want the parties to be strong. Our establishment wants the parties to be weak. 
and and to kind of have a, a vanilla flavor throughout the system. And if you want distinctions and you want activism, you got to learn how to win. I mean, that's the and and way to do that is by participating in the process. You need activism. The the left is really good at organizing phone call and postcard letter campaigns. What are the, what are Republicans going to do right now after what they're doing to these candidates, namely Robbie Starbuck? Because this is BS. They're just lying, saying he's not a Republican so that they can boot him off the ballot. Well, every Republican needs to figure out how to organize. Every individual who believes in Robbie Starbuck and is sick of the corruption in, in, in this machine, staring in the face of it, needs to get organized and figure out something. Because I'll tell you what the left would do. They wouldn't stop calling. Huh. You, 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 you would get 50 leftists and they would just hit the hit redial and then wait for the phone to answer and then start complaining when they hang up, hit redial again, and their phones would be off the hook. And just 50 people. Yeah, I mean, each leftist has all 50 of their personalities call in to complain. Right, right. exactly. That's right, all their headmates. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say before we move on from this topic is that one of the best ways that you can do this kind of activism is to call your local GOP. Like, if you're in Tennessee listening to this, you should talk to the GOP there in Tennessee and tell them that you're not okay with this. They're crooked. Oh, people, for sure. people need to protest. Yeah. And yeah. Volunteer. And, you know, uh, for instance, on the election systems, if you don't like the way elections are run, Go and participate in yes. running elections. I'd also you like can to get build. hired. I mean, you you know the unions. You know they they get hired. They make it a point to get hired to count votes. Well, Republicans and conservatives should make it a point to be hired and count votes. That's the way to ensure that elections are more fairly run. Actually, count the votes. Well, according yep. to the law, lot, at the time we have a corporation tallying de- votes in private, which is Dominion for the last presidential election, which is incredibly disturbing. I think we need to also, in addition to what you're saying, Tom, build a parallel system where you can vote in their system and vote in this system that's transparent and see if it lines up. No. Yes. No, Ian. Well, no, and you yes, know what we Tim. have to do. We have to free the code. You're huh. right. A big, a big Ooh. tech, big technology firms that are functioning in the commons. Their code needs to be free. This is no, the no, free. No, 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 this no. is the talking, freedom of speech talk, of the 21st about century. Voting. About we voting. need to free the software code of the voting machines. Yeah, we need to be able to reference those. These companies that are doing digital vote counting, that code needs to be public. And it, and, and and here's what needs to happen: before the election, uh, uh, there there should be a an audit where a person from each you know party and an independent goes in with an approved you know tech person who then audits the code and presents it to the public and says, here's how the code of this machine works. Every single every single line is available for public viewing. I feel like even then, it could they could give you the code and say, this is how it works, but then go in the back room and make it do other things sure, with that or, code. So you need it on a blockchain too. Honestly, I think they're bold enough that they would show you the actual code and if anyone pointed out any problems with it, fact check. False. There is no problem with the code. It's not only if you've conspiracy got, theory. Not, no, no, because uh, re- remember when Democrats were screaming there was going to be fraud in the election, like in yeah. was it 2019 or something? They were like, we got to do something about this. And then they all started shutting up. When you have before an election and no one knows how things are going to swing, you see one thing wrong and the Democrat is going to be like, no, no. And the Republicans are going to be like, no, no, fix it, fix it. We, we, we object. Because unless, they don't unless someone's in on it. Well, my view on these companies, Dominion and Smartmatic, you know, they've come up with these outrageous lawsuits against critics that seem to me mighty political and over the top. And, you know, we want these companies to be neutral, right? 
And it seems to me they've thrown down the gauntlet on one side of the political narrative when it comes to our elections. And I would be very suspicious whether their code works or not about letting them work in any states. Yeah, the, the thing that they're going after is people claiming that they're fraudulent. I'm not making that claim. I'm claiming that I can't see the code, so I don't know if it's fraudulent or not. Well, I, I think I think whether you see the code or not is almost irrelevant to the question of are we counting ballots in a way that people are confident that the individuals casting the ballots are eligible to vote? And I don't think that's true. Whether well, it's, the, it's, If the code works, you know, illegal votes will be counted accurately. But I, I think that's not going to solve the problem. I'm not I'm not the the issue is so much deeper than just I guess I suppose illegal voting because you can track those things down but if California opens their border up and says come on in and then the census happens and they're like look how many how much how many more people we get and they get more votes in the electoral college it doesn't matter if the individual votes all that matters is we know Texas will be blue and Texas can can effectively stuff the electoral college ballot by bringing in non-citizens you know, the system should be set up in a way to, uh, and I think you're highlighting the issue, to, to, to reassure people that their votes are going to be counted and counted accurately, and the election result is going to be something approximate to the actual, what actually happened. The winner won. Whether it's exact or not, the winner won. And right now, half the country doesn't think that's the system. And so we need to reassure the public. We need to save elections by requiring voter ID maybe getting rid of the computer counting or make it a lot more easily uh, watchable uh, and uh, having one day only voting, only emergency uh, absentee voting. If you're getting your head shot off abroad and you're in the military, maybe, yeah, that, that warrants you getting a special treatment. Everyone else show up. Or, but the idea that you're voting out there without any supervision, any party looking at you to make sure you're not being intimidated we're outside the protection of the of security and our government processes. It's an open opportunity for fraud. And when people don't have confidence in the system, the system collapses. Well, I'll put it this way. If uh, someone invited you over to their house in you know the middle of a big city, let's say Chicago. Chicago is a good example. And uh, they said, you can crash here. We have no doors or windows. All, like They're basically just all exposed and open. And, uh, no, no one will, like, we've, we've, we've never, like, you know, filmed anybody coming in here, so, you know, we don't think it's an issue. Would you be comfortable, like, chilling in there and leaving your stuff and going to bed? You're like, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna keep my bag close to my, I'm gonna wrap my arms around the, the backpack as I go to sleep. Cause you'd be like, I'm not okay with this. It's not an issue of whether or not someone did or, or is in the act of committing an illegal act. It's that, why would you want to participate in an insecure system? Like, hey, come crash at my house while you're in Chicago. The doors, the front door and the back door are completely off the hinges and the windows have all been removed, but you can sleep wherever you want. You'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Or, or, or you go to the bank and they've got black paint over all the cameras and you give cash to yeah. someone standing out front who says, don't worry, I'll get it to the teller. And the teller doesn't keep any records of who huh. gave it to the money and where the money's supposed to be going. It's like, you know, when it's like, you've got to, you have to have a system in place that survives basic scrutiny. It ain't going to be perfect. I mean, we, we were doing an analysis of voter roll lists in New York and, California, Oregon. In New York, I think they removed 10 names in the entire city over the last four years. They should have removed hundreds of thousands of names. So you've got the list are full of people who have moved away, and that's just like a big pool of voters to pull from illegally to engage in fraud. 
and that undermines the system. And and the courts have found, interestingly, Tim, that you don't need the proof fraud in order to justify these rules. It's the appearance of fraud and the opportunities for fraud that that states have an interest in stopping to reassure voters that your vote's going to be counted. So the left says you don't you don't we don't have to prove fraud in order to justify voter ID and to make sure that people are actually citizens, for instance, before they're allowed to vote, which is to me the voter ID everyone agrees with. Well, it doesn't work if uh, citizen non-citizens can get that type of voter ID that allows them to vote. Yeah, I want to do. A, I want to mention this story because we did we did miss it and we shouldn't have. But uh, Julian Assange extradition order issued by London court moving WikiLeaks founder closer to U.S. transfer. Mm. It, the, the, the difficult thing with the story on Julian Assange is uh, I called it a political execution. What the, what I mean by that is the goal of everything they did with Julian Assange, putting him in lockup. You know, he's, he gets jammed up in, in how, in, in the Ecuadorian embassy is just to end his ability to work. They're, they can't, you know, you, there's that thing where Hillary Clinton was like, can we just drown the guy Ugh. when he was like in London or something? But, uh, it's an important story and we need to, uh, just, I want to make sure we keep it in the uh, spotlight to the best of our abilities as this stuff is going on because what happened to Julian Assange is the most, one of the most corrupt and overt displays of evil that we have seen from our and other governments to silence somebody who was a thorn in their side. I think the Justice Department and the FBI are irredeemably corrupt. And that means that even charges against people who may have done something wrong, especially in a political context, uh, can't be trusted. And it's a horrible situation to be uh, for a country that respects the rule of law when its top enforcement agencies uh, put their thumb on the scales all the time. The, the liberal well, economic order really changed this country. Now they're using it as like the spearhead of a military, global military force. And it's like, be damned the consequences. The, like he exposed collateral murder with WikiLeaks. And you see these like helicopter pilots laughing as they're blowing up civilians. And they weren't laughing. Th- they were joking with each other and like, go get them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's we, I think as a human, maybe we didn't need to see it, but it woke a lot of people up to the fact that there is a liberal economic order in a military industrial complex uh, for better or worse. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, let's go to Super Chats. If you have not already, hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show. Share the URL or just tell your friends about it. It really does help. And become a member at TimCast.com to support the work of our journalists. And you will also get access to exclusive segments of this show coming up around 11 or so p.m. So we'll have one of those up for you tonight. Again, TimCast.com and smash that like button. Let's read. We've got GBP who says, happy 420. And he put an emoji of fire and broccoli, a person with their mouth open and smoke. Broccoli. Well, I guess it's as close as you can get on the emojis, right? (laughs) I figured out the history of 420. Most credible story traces to 4, April 20th, Marin County, California, 1971. Five students at San Rafael High School would meet at 420 p.m. uh, By the campus statue of chemist Louis Pasteur to partake. (laughs) They chose that specific time because extracurricular, extracurricular activities had usually been ended by then. Yeah, so, you know, that's what I read partake, too. Path of least resistance. Mematype says, Ian, halfway through your Michael Malice appearance, you're an incredible person and a genuine light in the world. Much love. Thank you so much, man. And I was going to shout it out at the end of the show. I'll do it now. I was on Your Welcome with Michael Malice. It dropped today. 420. What's up, Michael? Uh, it was epic. That guy is, is like otherworldly. He's an incredible interviewer, a kind soul, a beautiful man, intelligent person. I highly recommend going to check it out at Your Welcome. On YouTube, Michael Malice, subscribe, leave a comment, let, let me know what you think about our show there. I'll right see on. Michael Malice is one of our favorite people. 
Absolutely. All right. Titus Flavius Josephus says, aimed primarily at Tim, but curious of everyone's answer, is being authoritarian always evil in your opinion? Or would you side with an authoritarian that is generally aligned with you? Use authority to maintain liberty. Uh, being authoritarian is not always evil, but it's not about maintaining my alignment. It's about the the uh, how it's wielded, right? So in an emergency where you're facing a very serious existential threat and a legitimate one, I think it's fair to say that we take extreme measures. The problem is that is exploited for political gains. And then if you give the government the ability to seize power with an emergency, they will make up emergencies to seize power. So I think there are instances where, uh, and, and it's tough because authoritarian could mean a different, couple different things in the context, but adhering to authority isn't always bad. It's varying degrees. For me, I am way down on the libertarian spectrum, but I am not at the bottom. I'm not an anarchist. I recognize some authority is actually a really good thing, and it helps people live safely and securely. But when you start getting into the more overtly and over-authoritarian is when you get evil, corruption, etc. So I don't know if you guys want to... Yeah, I'm thinking of Dungeons & Dragons alignment. You got lawful, neutral, and chaotic. And... You know, I think what you were saying earlier is that you're neutral in that because you see the value of law, but you also see how dangerous it can be when it's used improperly. Sometimes laws are very evil, like you have a lawful and, and you got to break the law. Like Thomas Jefferson's very, very direct about that. If, if, if law is misused, it's our duty to make a new form of law. Well, law that's evil isn't law. So, you know, to the degree we have the rule of law and their authority arises from the rule of law is properly understood and legitimate, that's appropriate. But authoritarianism in kind of the traditional political sense is at odds with self-government, and that's almost always wrong. All right. Thomas Sidebottom says, Tim, one of your videos convinced me today to delete my Netflix account. Then I bought a subscription to The Daily Wire and TimCast.com, right? Absolutely. But what we need to do, instead of telling everybody, cancel your Disney, cancel your Netflix, we should be like, start making shows, start becoming members of, of, of channels and companies that you do like, like Timcast or like Daily Wire. So we are, we are, uh, we've got, our mobile app is coming out soon. It's, so we're first testing, you know, iPhone, then we got to test Android. Then we want to do, um, OTT over the top, so Roku, Apple TV, it's uh, you know all those things, so that we can make more shows and just have them on that app. So instead of me being like, you should get rid of Netflix, I'll be like, you should just use our app instead, and we're going to make non-woke content. Yeah, you're, you're a competitor. You know, this is the thing. We compete. Judicial Watch competes against Netflix. Libs of TikTok competes against the Washington Post. We are competitors. So... You are supporting, you know, someone who competes against those entities when you support Tim Kett, when you support Judicial Watch, when you support everyone here at the table, you're supporting competition in the information space. Right on. Waffle Sensei says, I don't mind if Disney has its own government operating on their property as long as I can have my own personal government on my property as well. Well, some would say you already do. Just, uh, just get a hundred people and a hundred people is all you need to incorporate a town, right? I don't know what the rule is. Then you start passing laws, set, make, make speed traps. Can you have a corporation of 100 people and then turn it into a town? I have no idea. Maybe. Maybe that's what will what, what hey, happen. You, you go to New Jersey, you'll find out how many people can cause. You know, there's, there's a town every three minutes. 
Well, out here in West Virginia, the issue is they use the town as the postal identifier, but there's no there's no town. It's like a random house in an unincorporated part of the state. Scott Odom says, Tim, even if the buildings aren't up to code, they're grandfathered in as existing buildings. But if they ever remodel, they're in trouble. Well, that will be really interesting. Jason Belch, or, or is it Bellick? Sorry. I'm a member and 25-year coder and technologist. Which email do I use to talk to you guys about possibly working together? Members, pitches? I, I think uh, spin the UFO. Sure. I can pass that on to whoever needs to get yep. it. So we have, we have a lot of Super Chats asking about Gonzalo Lira and a lot of Super Chats, but they're all just saying he went missing. So we, we did mention that a little a little a while ago. They said the Daily Beast contacted the Ukrainian government to alert them, and now he's gone missing. Hmm. I don't know who that is. Who is it? He was a pickup artist, like a dating coach guy, YouTuber. I think he's uh, he's not from the United States, I believe, but he was an American citizen, went to Ukraine, making videos, talking about the war. And then this article comes out of the Daily Beast that took some of his content out of context, like quoting him and, and make kind of really the article makes him seem like a Putin apologist and that he wanted Russia to win the war or something. And then he just went disappeared. Man. All right. Dangerous. Dangerous yeah. times. Yeah, don't Simulation. mess with your government during a war. That's for sure. Simulation 115 says, Tim, have you heard of the Fuster cluck that is New York State's redistricting? What's going on there is crazy. Have you been following that? I have. And I think it, it got fixed a little bit. What's, uh, that? What's been going on? You know, what happened is you had the Democratic majority in New York um, basically throw out all good sense and issue an extreme partisan gerrymander. And the courts, last time I checked, looked askance at it and threw it out. But I'm not sure what the status is now. I mean, we had a big fight in Maryland over that. We just we beat back Maryland's uh, Democrat supermajority court, found it to be extreme partisanship, and we won. So, you know, it's fun. You can't, you know, you can win in these blue states if you're principled and you're follow. You know, the, the rule of law is a glorious thing in this country, which why the left hates it, because it keeps them in control or within control. All right. Captain, uh, what does it say? Captain Tanker Joe says, hey, guys, I want all of your opinions on something. Why does public school push college so badly? It seems like the public school system is pushing people away from the trades to brainwash the generations into debt. Thoughts? So I have a couple thoughts here. I would say, firstly, it's a system which is set up to have a person continue to exist within the system. So a lot of young people become teachers, and it's basically because they've never really considered going out and doing something else. Also, maybe this is a, a little more cynical, and I'd probably like to flesh this out uh, more. I don't know that this is their intention, but in fact, I'd say it probably isn't. But I find it interesting that it helps them to abdicate their own responsibility to prepare children for the world. So what we constantly hear is people who have a high school diploma aren't able to get a job and perform at the, the level our economy requires to the point where they could earn a living and support a family. So we should give them four more years of education for free instead of going, hold on. What has gone wrong in the 12 years of education that's already being provided that they're not fully formed adults who are able to compete in the workforce for decent jobs? School's broken. Exactly. Public school's a disaster. All right. Let's see. And I, I want to say fundamentally, like, I, I completely fundamentally disagree with the idea of it, too. I'm not saying we're going to make it work. Top down, see, anything for the most part is, is pretty risky. Yeah. Mm. All right. Caesar Seven Hill says, what is the show's opinion on a childless tax to stimulate the birth rate? Um, more like a family tax cut. Yeah. The absolutely. more kids you have, you get tax cuts. Yeah. yeah I'd right. rather not yeah. punish people for living single lives. I mean, you implement a high income tax, 
Then you say, we're doing a tax cut for people with families, and you're doing that either way. Well, you know, those who don't have kids aren't paying in the long run for their support through the Social Security it's system. It's true. So you're, you're in many ways, childless folks are uh, 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 not providing enough tax revenue over the long term by bringing in a new generation to support uh, their Social Security and other benefits they get in the older years. It's absolutely correct. Not enough people talk about that. It, the Social Security system completely defers responsibility, so people don't end up having children and raising families. Grant Arnett says, earlier today you said you're going to see Doctor Strange, but why see it after the laundry list of reasons not to? There's a challenge, but it's like I'm saying, I don't think we should go to people and tell them to give up the content they like. Abandon, delete your Netflix. We should be saying, create alternatives. And then once the Daily Wire has a, has a competitor, we tell people, you know, make sure you're supporting them as well. Competition is more important. I think it's unreasonable to tell people, Stop watching, you know, this show or that show if you like it because people want entertainment. What we need to do is compete and win. That being said, there's great reasons to avoid Disney. Absolutely. I think we also don't want to isolate ourselves from the culture, which is why we have pop culture crisis on Timcast. It's not, there's no real perfect answers, but my view of this is we want to engage with the culture and be a part of it and then pull people towards our sphere of influence to change things with the culture we create, with the culture we are participating in. And part of it is I just absolutely love Doctor Strange and want to see the movie. So recognizing that, I can't expect to go to someone and say, give up all of your favorite movies, don't watch Star Wars, don't watch Marvel, don't watch any of that stuff. No, that's unreasonable. What is reasonable is to be like, The Daily Wire's got a superhero movie, watch that. Because at the very least, then you're supporting Daily Wire's expansion, if you really want to, you know, go full ideological, then get rid of all that stuff for sure. I think the reasonable approach is to maybe tone it down and maybe give more to people you do like. Yeah, you're practicing mental jujitsu with people, and they are coming at you. When you're in a conversation with someone, they're coming at you. Telling them to stop coming at you is not going to stop them. You need to move their energy into a new place. Personally, I can't keep track of everything I'm supposed to boycott and avoid. It's just too much. So we just have to win the cultural battles. Daily Wire is doing a fantastic job. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. You know, I, I joke about Chicken City making a bunch of money and being so successful, but you need to understand, we just we just made a minute-long little short, which is totally family-friendly, and it's like Looney Tunes-style comedy. This is a family-friendly show where we are going to get pe- you know parents and their kids watching this stuff. We're going to be pulling them towards our sphere of influence. So... You bring them over, you say, hey, look, there's no political messaging. There's no, it's just a bunch of chickens. It's fun. It's funny. The kids watch it. We make little shorts that are fun for the, for adults because I thought it was hilarious, but the kids can watch it too. You build the culture. Then we have Pop Culture Crisis hosted by Brett Dasovic and Mary Morgan, where they comment on the culture and talk about these issues because we want to participate in this. We want to, you, you know, it's, it's like looking at a group of people all talking about something and being like, I, sh- I should be able to stand here and yell at them and they should agree with me. It's like, no, 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 go in there, shake their hands, talk to them and be like, what do you think? Hey, come over here. I want to show you something. That's what we're trying to do. No one gave a crap about me in high school until I started acting. And then they all started laughing and then they liked me. Do the same thing in reality with business. And then, and then after everybody liked him, he started talking about magnetic fields and they went, I that's, didn't know that. That's I didn't, when you get them. You got, once you got them, <laughs> then you can tell them all about the magnetic nature of the universe, God's See? energy flowing through you. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I'll put it this way. Uh, in sales, you can't oh, approach great. someone as an other. You know, if you see a guy in a suit, you can't act like a hippie. If you see a hippie, you can't act like a guy in a suit. You have to meet people on their terms. Mm. So 
if we, if, I think for the longest time, one of the problems conservatives have had is that they you know, talk radio and complain. Oh, what these woke leftists are doing. We do it. You know, we complain about it, but you got to do a little bit more than that. That's why we basically have one political show, which is this. And then we've been focusing on making cultural shows and cultural content so that the people who already know these things can watch something else. They have an alternative to Disney or Netflix. And then people who don't watch this might not care to watch it, but might really enjoy watching chicken cartoons with their family or something. Or Eric Weinstein's theory of geometric unity. Open invite, Eric, if you want to come on some Friday. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's grab some more super chats. Let's say, uh, uh, Rat Napper says, Taylor on Matt Binder's podcast confirmed that she knew an address she had was in fact a private home address. It was the, the, the picture libs of TikTok snapped of her at her door confirmed by Taylor. Well, there you go. They knew what they were doing. Weird. They just lie about it. And so also, whatever. if they did, like I said, if they didn't, that's worse. Isn't this supposed, isn't this person supposed to be a journalist? Yeah. I wonder How would what, you not know? Worse. It, but Everyone else figured it out way, after they it, published the it's story. It's the same with Saki. Like, it, it, it's either what's worse, that you're really stupid or that you're malicious. I don't know. Well, you're an activist. The politics comes first. All the other things come second, which is respect for privacy, accuracy, and fairness. If you're – that's not, you know, that's not journalism that that story is about. That was activism. It was an effective voice against transgender extremism and the abuse of government employees of school children teachers and they they wanted and it was and it was having a political impact and they needed to get it taken down and the way to do it was suggest to a suggest misconduct and direct the accountability for that fake misconduct at an individual and everything else was secondary to that right on we got lon who says this is for seamus towards him doing the biden shower dog cartoon (laughs) come on man Maybe, yeah, maybe we're going to have to do it. David, I, if, if anyone, by the way, like I said, um, on Twitter, just please tweet the link at me if you have found the audio of Biden actually saying <laughs> this, because I would love to have that accompany the animation. Just use his actual. I, yeah. I think I think your voice work work fine. Oh, you're too kind. Man. Yeah, but it would be Come really on, funny man. if he would just animate it over his own. That's what he, yeah, that's what we do with our Corn Pop video. Yeah, really good. Thank All you. All right. Uh, David C. Cook Sr. Sa- Cronk Sr. says, I just find it humorous that now we can pull audio out of context of Ian saying, I'm just picturing Joe Biden in a towel. <laughs> Nothing bad can come <laughs> of that. At least I can see the towel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Troubling. All right. <laughs> That's a good one. There you go. That's funny. Okay. Ah, oh, man, my nose, my allergies. Get your water. Angsta says, so Joe Biden hurt his ankle, coming fresh out of the shower and lifting his dog's tail. No what? wonder Major was biting people. He was being <laughs> <Right>. abused. <laughs> Maybe. I think, I think Joe's embellishing, perhaps. I don't know. All right. Let's see. Let's grab another one. Let's just scroll down and see some super chats. Brent Anderson says, for the Irish hobo. Uh, Who's who, who could he possibly be talking about? I just want to point out that Seamus has Ireland behind him, but he's from Chicago. That's true. That's true. Are you Irish? Spend Tom? Most of my but his name is Seamus. So. Yeah, but look, yeah. it's not my fault. I don't go around going, Oh, top of the morning to you. I'm an Irish lad. Why don't you refer to me as one? It's just people call me that. It wasn't my choice, it wasn't my decision. I know, I know. Oh, he's a plastic patty. He wasn't really born here. I don't care. I'm not telling people to call me this. Seamus. He's got armor. How come every Irish it's an pub is called patties? Um, because it's, it's actually one guy. 
It's <laughs> yeah. It's they won't. They'll never tell you that. Like but McDonald's. Patty has monopolized. It's like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people don't know. Also, Irish guy. No, but for real though, I mean, I, I, I every, every time I go Patty to an Irish pub, it's Patty's. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a burger no, Patty's too, but it's with the T. Is that the same? You're, no. you're 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 asking too many questions. Yeah, you can't ask that. It's Steve's thing. Patron saint of Ireland. That's why it's paying. <laughs> Aaron Royer says we just canceled our Netflix account and used the money to sign up at TimCast.com. Keep up the great work. There I'm not going to tell you not to do that. Yeah. Because I would prefer to, uh, as Jeremy Boring said, stop giving your money to people who hate you. Yeah. Give it to me instead. Yes. And that is brilliant. Brilliant. It's a great line. Um, that is. Good. Uh, I'll say it again. You know. We've seen so much of like, guys, cancel Hulu, cancel Disney, cancel Netflix, and everyone does, and then signs right back up later when a new show comes out. So I'm like, that's not the issue. The issue is, yes, cancel them, but they need somewhere to go. So until we can say, leave Netflix and go to The Daily Wire, you know, I guess we can say that now, but The Daily Wire has like, what, three movies? Yeah, I think they have four shows as of like a few weeks ago or three weeks ago. I don't know, to be honest. I really don't know. They need more. Yes, they do. And once there's a big library, then you can be like, there you go. There's your culture. There's your entertainment. Um, I do think it's good if you want to cancel your Netflix account, not support them. I don't have one. I've never had one. I'm just one. saying I don't want to be – I want I want to make sure that you're still involved in the culture so that you can have influence in culture. So that we can all say that new show that's coming out called He's Expecting is dumb and I don't want to watch it. Yes, I know. Arnold was in a movie called Junior where he was a pregnant man, and that was silly as well, making a new show about it, especially now. I'm just not interested in but it. But back then, that was also, I mean, that wasn't, I've never seen it, but it was intended to be satirical, as far as I understand. I don't think they were trying to say men can actually have babies. Well, this new show is there's basically a, about, With like, the new one, I'm, I'm talking about Arnold. There's the, a big the, difference the between Milton Berle and Address and Drag Queen Story Hour. You know, we right, need, right, right, but the new need... show he's expecting is not about trans men it's a fictional scripted show where some weird no it's a it's a live action show where something happens where all of a sudden a a man gets pregnant and freaks out like how is this possible and they're like we don't know it's not an issue of someone being trans or anything like that it's a it's a regular dude and he it's like it's very much like junior and so i'm like it's happened before i just think it's dumb especially in today's context yeah i was gonna say in the present cultural context it definitely seems like they're trying to spread a different message and they do in the trailer do say sis and stuff okay Uh, we need more action movies that rely more on the actors than on the freaking spectacle forget about the the great graphics and crap we need good powerful acting and action let's see itsy bitsy spider says 420 was the police code in california for a marijuana violation this was in use in the 90s the mo you know is that true? That sounds, sounds like it's not. Sounds I true. I don't think it's true. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I'm a fact checker on Twitter now, so one of my fact checks is uh, sounds true. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph says 401ks are a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> is that true? Uh, I don't think that's true. Matter of opinion. They just keep I'm your money until sure it inflates and it becomes worth well, a Social of it or security is though. Fact right? check. It's, it's worse than in. that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's grab some more. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, man, we were so close to a once again experience in the history of TimCast IRL. The classic quote of, no, you're wrong, Ian, you're wrong. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) All right. Speaking of being wrong, I just wanted to clarify that he's expecting is based on a manga. The Netflix. You you said it was an anime. I said it was, well, my my point was that it's based on some kind of Japanese show. So it's not technically like some kind of leftist propaganda as such. It's a weird story about a guy getting I mean, if you buy it, like if if someone writes a story and then you're like, that fits my agenda, I'll take it. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. 
Liberation Matrix says Tim has planning begun on, a, on an apprenticeship internship program for the first time workers to further promote healthy culture building for the youth. Great opportunities through Freedomistan with this. Oh, man. We are, we are building as fast as we can build, and it's not super easy, but I'd, I'd love to have some kind of internship thing. You guys want to start a city? I don't know if I'd call it internship. I'd just be like, we'll hire some minimum wage people to just like kind of hang out and do stuff and help us with like odd jobs. Well, you know, I would recommend that you do internships because you can credential uh, some good young folks for further work in the industry. So you, uh, and interns are a great way to do that. Yeah, a lot of it's personality. So you get a chance to meet people and figure out if they work with the chemistry of the environment. I mean, you get the intern comes in and gets does work, and he has a resume or she has a resume line that says, you know, I work for one of the top podcasters yeah. and, and and internet personalities in the country. I've had news organization, whatever they want to say about it, and they go on and do no, you know, you never. Well, I can't tell you. I've been along in in this business long enough to see interns be in positions of influence, and it's uh, it's gratifying to see. And it's important that if you're in the business that we're in, in terms of trying to educate and save the country, to get young people involved in the process. So we, we launched a couple of original shows. We uh, we hired people, and we've got these shows that we started. But one thing that we want to do now is we've begun scouting out talent in cultural politics and entertainment. So the idea is to find someone who seems to be passionate, working really, really hard, and is just not necessarily cracking that barrier and, 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 and taking off. But so we're looking for people who, who already have a long history of, of content, proven talent, and then we want to basically fund shows and get them involved at Timcast. Like basically like buy their show and, and have Timcast launch it. The uh, intern thing is a debate and like an ethical debate I've had at, at Minds, particularly corporations in the past and now that like, is it is it right to use because it's you're, you're basically using labor for free, which is like that's, that's I want to make no, sure no, they no, get paid. No, but what I'm going to say is no, no, they, I gotta, I gotta, you have to take into account po- uh, political capital. Capital okay, gotta, isn't just money. Capital is Ian, your ability to create as well. I have to stop you. You cannot legally have unpaid interns anymore since the past ten years. Okay, good. But you yeah. pay them very little. You can you can or pay, minimum. They, or they have to be paid hourly wages. Oh, yeah, oh, oh minimum pay. wage. Yeah. It depends on the program. If it's a if it's an internship affiliated with the school, there may be rules about what you're able actually to do because. They're getting a benefit at the school that they can't. So the thing about environments like this is you have an opportunity to create your career, which is worth way more than money. Right, but we we so unpaid interns cannot do anything that is considered a critical function in the company. Good. So I think that's that's righteous. So that means if we had someone as an unpaid intern and then said take the garbage out, can't do it. Cool. They can sit there, hang out, and watch. Maybe get the coffee, I guess. But if you have them do something that's essential function, that's where you get hit. This happened uh, 11 years ago, I think, or, or 12 years. No, no, no. Maybe it was like, maybe it was 10 years ago, nine years ago, actually. I think it was around the time I was at Vice, Supreme Court ruled. And then all of a sudden, Vice, like, just, I, I think this is what happened. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they got rid of, like, all of their interns. And it, and all these people were devastated because they were like, I'm at Vice. You know, I'm in line to get a job. And then they were like, Supreme Court ruling, everybody out. Can't have you. Well, well. And then a handful of them got, started getting wages. So they were like, I didn't get eliminated. Yeah, but you know, can't have unpaid people. Can't do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that anyway. I would. I would never have an unpaid position. Yeah, unless they I, like got some other form of capital. It doesn't seem right. I suppose if people, uh, if we had an intern who literally just hung out and did nothing, you know, I wouldn't pay for that. But I wouldn't do that anyway. Like I'm not going to have people come over here and just sit around doing nothing. Yeah, but uh, we could. We could. We could stand for uh, a couple people who literally just hang out 
and get paid minimum wage to do odd odds and ends. Because I was like, even if like you could make them famous, put someone on a TV show and make it the top, even that's not ethical to not pay someone because I think that's Hollywood figured that out already. You can't not pay people. They want that job. Doesn't mean you can't not pay them. You cannot pay them. So they had to create a union to protect these people. Well, these actors, the SAG your, and stuff. Consult like that. your labor lawyer and get some interns. All right. Tarkina Mayer says, is a YouTube Timcast IRL membership the same as a Timcast.com membership? It is not. Timcast.com is a website where you sign up and then you get, you know, you get access to the paywall and stuff. We're going to be also, we're also looking for opinion writers and analysis for paywalled content. So if people want to read analysis and opinion articles, they have to pay for it. But we want, we want the news to always be free. I, I don't want to have like a breaking news story like, you know, Washington Post docs is someone's private address. And then you're like, I need to read this and it's locked. That, that, nah, we want that to, we want that to be free. But the challenge then is how do you pay for the journalists to write it? It is a, it is a conundrum these days. Basically, we're just like, I hope you guys like what we do enough to where you will be like, I'm going to pay because it's good they're doing this work and CNN is bad and we don't like them. So, you know, you do what you can. Uh, we also have other strategies for monetizing the website. Uh, one of the things I've never been a fan of is automated ads. So we've been trying, we've been doing something for a while now. You'll notice for those that don't use ad blockers, the ads on the website are for our own book, Tales from the Inverted World. We're trying to just make our own products. So, you know, InfoWars has their own health products. I wouldn't go that far, you know, making like Timcast Megabrain or whatever. No, but we'll do stuff that we're into. Like we wrote, a, we, we, you know, Shane Cashman wrote a book working for Timcast.com and we advertise, we want to sell it. Another book is coming out. We want to sell it. We we could theoretically make our own three uh, D printed figurines and I'm, sell them and do I'm all this stuff. I'm still laughing about Timcast Mega Brain. Please make it. Timcast Mega Brain. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That'll be the one we do make. Timcast Mega Brain. Get it now. <laughs> and uh, you know, you take the pills, then you have to put your beanie on, leave it on overnight for yeah. it to work. Hot head. Yeah, that's right. It that's stimulates right. your neurons. Smash. Make one called Hot Head. <laughs> I don't. I don't care for any of those things to be honest. Like you know, so we do reads for BioTrust, and it's simple. I started doing keto a while ago. I like it, the keto stuff. I skate all the time, and it's really intense, and I like the collagen. It's really simple. I'm like, hey, shout out Biotrust. These are things I can actually understand and use. But when it's like this blend of tree barks and flowers will like make your eyes you know, bulge, I'm just like... Yeah, I want to know well, exactly what it does chemically in your body before I start selling it personally. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've talked about doing... Um, some stuff like like a protein MCT mix or something like that, uh, but we want to have our own product. So right now we have books for the, for what we do on the website. I'm not interested in weird ads from weird companies. So we want to move away from all of that, and we've mostly done that. And we want to start making our own stuff. Like the Daily Wire gave us the Truth Bomb. I'm like, that's a great product. It's literally just a paperweight, and it's a Truth Bomb. It's great. We need stuff like that, like you know, crystals or whatever. Okay. We'll just sell our own stuff. You got me thinking. All right, everybody. If you have not already, Beanie Brain. That's what Luke said. Ooh, Beanie Luke, Brain. I was just thinking about If you, you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show wherever you can if you want to help us grow. And go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have that segment coming up at about 11 or so p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Tom, do you want to shout anything out? Hey, uh, great book out. We got judicialwatch.org, obviously. People should donate to our work. Uh, also, the uh, Republic Under Assault is uh, uh, already out in hardcover, and the paperback's coming out next month, so uh, look for that. All right. 
Freedom Tunes. By the way, it was great having you back again. Good discussion. Uh, Freedom Tunes is my YouTube channel. If y'all want to check that out, we uploaded a video yesterday that I think was pretty funny. Audience did too. It was uh, our our number one video of the past couple months. And we're releasing one tomorrow that I also think is going to be an absolute banger. You guys are really going to love it. Go check it out. I love you. You can follow me, IanCrossland.net. I'm still on fire from my interview with Michael Malice on You're Welcome, episode 203. Go check it out on YouTube. Subscribe and let me know in the comments what you think. Leave a comment in this episode, too, and let us know what you thought about this show. I want to hear from you. Yeah, Bye. Sure. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight, guys. Thank you, Tom, for coming out. Ian's episode sounds fantastic. I'm going to have to watch that after the show tonight. You guys may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at SourPatchLids as well as SourPatchLids.me. And as a special announcement... If you are someone listening and you have experience running a sandwich shop, hmm. send an email to spintheufo at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Because we are uh, planning on opening a sandwich shop and then a venue. But I'm not kidding about that sandwich shop. Maybe maybe we'll have coffee. Maybe, fresh bread. Fresh bread. And different kinds of bread. Remember I told you about the man sandwich? So simple. This is what I was saying. That you walk in. And there's no, there's no frills. There's no BS. You're like, I'm a man. What kind of meat you want? Roast beef, turkey, or, you know, ham. I want turkey. Done. And they just do your sandwiches there. Like, we don't waste time here. They, they bang on the table the whole time. And Sounds then, great. uh, you know, the chips, it's like potato chip. That's it. That's all you get. You get, you get potato chip. There's one flavor. I got ideas. I'll tell you. It's totally opposite of what you're talking about. So it's definitely going to work. I, I just want like a simple, oh I want to open my own sandwich place because I love simple, healthy food. Like I don't care for like the give me the triple cheese, double bacon, chicken ranch. I was like, dude, give me roast beef, tomato, lettuce, cheese. Like I love Jimmy John's. So we want to do something like that. But we're also going to be opening a venue. And then um, but we'll talk about it because maybe we'll do coffee instead. Because I also love coffee. My family did own a coffee house at one point. Coffee house oh, yeah. rock. Yeah. Went out for a couple of years before we went out of business. And so maybe that's what we should do. We should bring that back. And then we will exclusively sell. Krigler coffee. Krigler coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the best coffees in the world. All right, everybody. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.